Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We got a guy sitting on the couch. He's doing some sign language. I don't think you know American Sign Language based on what I saw out of the corner no, of my no, eye. No, no, not at all. I'm just, just doing your hype thing. I'm just like, I, was here say, I, d- I didn't consider that sign language. I just saw the corner of my eye. I don't know. I just saw a bunch of stuff. Here we go. This guy's like flavor, flavor over here. Right? I'm telling you. He's your hype man. Hey. Yeah. Everyone should have a hype man. Everybody's got. Everyone a should have a hype man. Oh, I, I, I tell, I tell everybody all about you guys. Really, uh, you really oh. are a hype man. Uh, no, yeah, you have no nice. idea. I will explain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, I have a very happy. induced audience that I get to share. Okay. Well, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. They have no choice but to listen to me. They pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's not open mic, but it kind of is. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. It's Friday night. I'm not, you know, having a, a drink and doing my normal Friday night routine. Do you want a drink? Do you want a beer? No, Do you want something? No. There's, there's stuff in the fridge. I mean, our guest is welcome, too. I was telling him off mic that uh, Mark and I ate fast food because we've been here all day, and uh, my old body can't handle this junk anymore. So I'm I'm drinking green tea with jasmine mm-hmm. because my tummy is upset. But we're going to have <laughs> fun, fun anyway. Anyways. We're going to have yes. a great time. If you great guys time. hear gurgling, it's not my fault. No, no. I mean, it is my fault, but it's not my fault. It would be your fault. I mean, I don't know whose fault it would be. <laughs> I know. Why do I do these things to myself? Anyway, we have Sandy back tonight to hang out, and he says he's just here for fun. So I don't yeah. know what we're going to Up, talk update, about. Fun. fun things. Well, yeah, Sandy's update. a regular, so let's do the regular the yeah. regular go. You we'll know? Do an update. The regular go. Have some fun with that. Yeah. Sounds like a plan, Stan. Okay. So why don't we start with a brief intro Sandy, for anyone? Stan. Right, right. Sandy? Why don't we start with a Brief intro for anyone who didn't hear your other episodes. The, so two, yeah. So yes, third. This They're is your the third. third. This is the third. Oh, that's exciting. Right. I learned today that three is lucky in Thailand. Great. Yes. Did you learn that from my friend that gave me the tea? Because we bumped into <laughs> each other three times today, and she said, "This is the third time I'm seeing you. That's very lucky." So and here's some tea. Yeah. So she brought me. And she and just gave pulled me it out of her tea. pocket. No. That'd be weird. No. I just happen to have for you here. (laughs) I'm thinking Sesame Street. I have the letter T for T. (laughs) (laughs) Smells delightful. Is Sesame Street still on? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, It's very, it's, it's, I haven't seen it lately, but I I hear it's still on from clients. Mm, I learned everything from Sesame Street. Everybody learned everything from Sesame Street. ABC's one, two, threes came from Sesame Street. Yeah. Definitely didn't uh, come from uh, SK uh, and uh, (laughs) JK and SK. Two, uh, uh, (laughs) the fake laugh, right? (laughs) Right? That's that's the count, right? That's it. He's good. Yeah, he he sucks at playing the piano. No, yeah, his fingers never moved. It was always the string. Isn't it? And then he bangs his head on the piano when he and he can't get nothing right. Am I right. confusing this with another another show? Or no, there's a guy no, no. in a cape that's playing the piano. No, you're... no, 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 no. no I'm no, sure you're, you're right. You're, you're on board. You're on board. So, guest. Yes. Why me. don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Who are you? Why are sure. you here? Why am I here? Okay. Why who am, am I? Couch? Who am I? Why am I on the couch? Because it's comfortable. I don't mind being here. Nice. Okay. My name is Sandy Levy. I've been a registered massage therapist now, going on twenty nine years. Ooh. Uh, graduated in nineteen ninety five. Um, what do I do? I don't. Uh, my practice is built based on not doing uh, effleurage. Cool. So. I do all other 34 techniques. Wait, you know th- more? <laughs> right. So I know exactly because I've now, my, my, my profession has kind of changed a little bit per se. So I do 34 techniques, not 35. 
So I don't do effleurage. I don't do lotion. Everything is based on assessment, mm. testing, mm. trying to figure out what's actually wrong and increasing functional movement in one, two sessions. Great. So been able to prove research, et cetera. So journey has led me after our last conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about mentoring and I should mentor and mentor, 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 mentor. Yeah. A situation came across where I could now become a educator. Really? Cool. So now I work for Pharma Medical Science College of Canada. Mm-hmm. I've been there almost a year in the Etobicoke. I now do all their soft tissue. They've brought me in almost full time now from nice. Tuesday to Friday, nine to five kind of thing. I have eight cohorts yeah. that I deal with. So I do anything from theory, techniques one, um, so Swedish techniques, uh, advanced techniques. I do range of motion testing. I did assessments up once or twice. I filled in for an anatomy teacher online. Cause right. Some, whatever, to switch over teacher. Yeah. Um, I do now their, so theory, technique, range of motion testing, kinesiology, remedial exercise, hydrotherapy. You're the all-in-one practical teacher. That's it, man. Hell, hands-on stuff comes through me, so, so I get to produce. So what's it like teaching, what's it like teaching uh, greasy techniques for a guy who scrapped the greasy techniques? Well, here's, here's the thing. Here's, oh, here's the difference in what I do. I don't want to hit a wire here, so just be careful. Get out of my foot face. Okay. I switch hips, so it just is what it is. Gotcha. Um... So what do I do? Just because I don't do it doesn't mean I can't teach it. It is the foundation of where we come from. You have to learn the foundation to get your four T's of palpation. So does your viewpoint and your your therapeutic approach also make its way into the foundational class on greasy stuff? Absolutely. Hmm. Greasy and non-greasy. So I educate the kids to understand, because I also do law and ethics. Right. So I educate them to understand that as per CMTO, Hmm. Client has the right to keep clothes on or off. Absolutely. You still need to perform therapy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I teach soft tissue manipulation. I teach them to understand there's three branches of massage, spa, mm. wellness, mm. clinical. Wellness is clinical and spa. Spa is spa, more more uh, stress reduction. Okay. Where clinical is based in advanced techniques to soft tissue manipulate. Okay. I teach per according to CMTO what they need to learn, but I have them think Mm -hmm. instead of just memorize and learn. I have them understand how to actually, uh, through assessment, how to actually change instead of just massage. Mm. So I'm bringing out healthcare practitioners instead of masseuses. Masseuses. I don't hear that word very often. Right. So when I graduated, we were all considered in the world as masseuses per se. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, and and a lot of colleges I've seen so far teach a lot of just wellness based, and do more spa wellness than clinical wellness. Even though they educate them on assessments right. and all techniques, whereas what I try to do is it's not just memorize it, learn it, know it, when used to use it, understand your mechanical effects, understand your reflex effects, know what you're doing mm-hmm. instead of just doing because it's there to do because you got 35 techniques. So I'm but confused. I love it. I've been out of the world of formal education for a really long time. Sure. We confused about I'm confused that Me too, on... but I can probably figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can probably figure out enough to answer was, the question. That, that was good, eh? You no. Like that? You like that yeah. underhanded? That's not I'm what confused I... too, but I could probably not... figure it out. I know out. where that's... you're going, lady, but <laughs> let's see where it actually was. That's not okay. what I meant. What I meant is, I probably don't know any more than you do about it because I've been away from it that long. 
but I'm also around all these fuckers that come in to do exam prep right. and everything else. Right. So I, right. I, you know what I mean. So I, 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 I'm still in it, but I'm not in it. I understand what you that's said. Not, that's all I, I think you should be volleying the ball while you explain this to me. But here's what I also do to help you. Here's what I also do to help you. We go through OSCE aspects in the college where a lot some don't. Okay. We break down the seven rooms starting in year one. St- I start in first month to understand Absolutely. what you're preparing for. Not wait till the end going, oh, by the room, well, there's seven rooms in 90 minutes. It, uh, it's like, it's right? like uh, first, let's let's go. I won't forget. The confusion is, it's not really confusion. Sure. That was probably the wrong word. Based on the fact that curriculum everywhere has to be based on CMTO competencies. And I I don't know, like, are a lot of schools okay. still going towards accreditation or is that like being thrown yes. at the yeah, no, no, no. They we have are going to be, big right? time. We so, are going big so time. So my, yeah. my confusion is the word I'm going to use is when you say a lot of colleges teach okay. um, this way versus that okay, way, okay, okay. I w- my confusion is so wouldn't they all there, have to teach? There is, mm, yes and no, go ahead. So there is this this thing called the interjurisdictional competency document. Yep. And this is what the accreditation part of what the when it comes to curriculum. Mm-hmm. This is what the accreditation process is based on. So part of the accreditation process by the accreditation body is they'll go into massage therapy schools. Schools got to apply to be accredited. Yeah. Right. We've already applied they, already got. They go into the school, yeah. they take a look at their curriculum, they take yeah. a look at all the other admin stuff associated with how a school right. runs. And then, based on what they see, they assess and they evaluate, yeah. and they will and they will determine. Okay, this 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 meets the criteria for accreditation. Okay, mm-hmm. so when it comes to that interjurisdictional competency document, as long as that material is being covered in the massage therapy curriculum, then they can say thumbs up from a massage therapy curriculum standpoint. A school can deliver that any way they want to. So do you think it's So there's variance within schools how they deliver it. Is the variance within the schools or is the variance within the instructors? The reason I'm asking that is because when I, I mean, one, majority of what I would consider like reputable colleges, I would feel run their programs the way you're describing that you run the program. Mm. And then because there's so many schools, there's probably a lot who just kind of deliver the bare minimum, especially if they don't pay their instructors very well. Like we have seen this. There's a lot of turnover with instructors at schools that don't pay well. So then you get people coming in who will just teach the bare minimum. The curriculum and things like daily lesson plans are based on this competency documents. Cool. Now how an instructor delivers on these 12 points that have to be met within this lesson, mm, that's up to the instructor. That's up yeah. to the, you don't have to be a trained teacher. I was not a trained teacher going in. So there's I a, had 28 years of experience. Right. So there's a couple pieces with that, just so everyone that's listening is really clear. You don't need to have teaching experience. So the ministry requirement in for- vocational schools. For, for private career colleges- is that you need a minimum of four years experience in the field and mm-hmm. then you're entitled mm-hmm. to teach. Correct. Or if you have a university degree, then you can do it in two years. Yeah, I know, because I was teaching right? within two years. But there is no requirement from the ministry for the instructor to have any type of formal teaching, a- teaching education. education. Right. Right. Now, a lot of private career colleges will 
ask or they will provide the training for adult teacher training yeah. for their staff because they just recognize that's just a better idea to have a whole bunch of staff that is better equipped to deal with teaching adults. Yeah. But not that's not a requirement. Yeah. That's not a ministry requirement. All of all of these things I know. I guess yeah. what I was going towards is Sandy's statement Isn't everybody saying, teaching the same stuff the same way? Not not the same way. I oh, recognize, okay. I mean, we do OSCE prep, as Mark said. I yeah, see yeah. people who come through here and when they yep. are showing us yep. what they know, and I'm using that word lightly, it's, <laughs> it's not always uh, correct. <laughs> so that I understand. I think it was more so on the statement when you said a lot of schools are teaching wellness-based, not clinical, I didn't feel that way, but that's why I was asking, have things changed so much since Here's I've been at a school? Here's why I say that is because I've had students through my year of being there, because again, I got four cohort, uh, uh, eight cohorts, and we get four students, four students coming in uh, four times a year. So my schedule gets full pretty quick. So I have students from, we get February, May. So these are all different intakes. All different intakes. So they right. start, it used to be when I went, you started September and January. Right. That was it. Now it's four times a year. This particular school. This school. Yes. Okay. So February, May, uh, August, and November. Yep. Circles through. Right. Fine. So yes, you're right. Teachers, teachers come and go because the pay isn't great. I'm teaching because I want to teach, but how did I get the job? I had to actually teach to not only two other teachers, the owner and the principal. Hmm. They gave me something to teach. And they said, come back in a week. Here it is. Were you nervous? teach it to it. Hell yeah. Why were you nervous? Why? You teach all the time. You teach clients and patients no, all yeah, the time. Yeah, I know. Do you know what? It, it, it's it's a personal thing. Okay. I always get nervous doing that. If I do a workshop, I'll get nervous the first time. When we did our video, I mm -hmm. get nervous. Now I want to do these videos. I'm like, I'm ready now. I can do it. The first <laughs> one is broke. I, I pop my cherry, right? <laughs> but until I do it the first time. Did you like it? Did you like it? Oh, yeah. Another term I haven't I've got, heard in a long time. I got a series of 12 videos coming up. So, so but. It was nerve-wracking. Every job I've ever done the first time has always been nerve until I know the flow. Did they have you teach massage therapy curriculum stuff or did they just give you a topic on something and said hey go create a lesson for this and come back and well teach they it. didn't know where i would fit 100 percent. okay so it was more of okay because i'm teaching students from all ranges of diversity mm -hmm. right of all different cultures yep mainly one culture mm -hmm. just because of her connection but which happened to be of, of asian culture which is fine a lot of smart students that come here and can't get the same licensing they have. Fine. But she does all, we also do acupuncture. So that's also another brig. So how we bring them in. Mm. But it was, it was, I can't help it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just they gave me curriculum and said, come in with this curriculum. Here they said, first it was assessments. They gave me an assessment thing and said, because we don't have an assessment teacher, assessment teacher was leaving. And they said, okay, can you come in and show, teach us this? So I went in and I, pulled out some video stuff off YouTube, which was, was information. So I had it on a screen and I'm like, my first chance to stand up in front of a podium, oh, I'm going to have fun. So I had them stand up and do things. Did, I, it was did great. You, did you, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> about the process of how we get here to you to you performing this, and I'll call it a performance. It's a bad word for it, right. but it is a performance. It is a performance. Uh, did you go home? Did you practice? Did you did you record yourself? Y yeah. What did you do? I, did I you went do? through the process. So, so I took all this information and I went, okay, what is it? Do I know it? Mm -hmm. I better know it. 
I got to share it. Was it something you didn't know? It was, it, was, it was not something I didn't know. It was something I wasn't honed in on as much cool. as I should have You're been. a little rusty. Rusty. Okay. And, and, and let's admit, as therapists, if you, you don't rusty. teach or read or study or take courses, you, you get, get rusty. rusty. You get rusty. You yeah. get rusty. It is. You're good at what you do, but are you good at everything? This is the only reason why I stay relatively sharp. Right. Is because I, I teach a, a v- courses on a variety of topics. Right. On and that's regular. why I love it. Yeah. That's why I love it. It keeps me sh- it's it keeps sharp. so sharp now. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. There's things so that if you don't sharp. use in your practice at all, sure. you're going to, yeah, you're sure. going to forget. Well, that's like when there's been a couple times um, I'm here and Mark's teaching, let's say, an assessments course, and he gets a phone call like in the middle of the class and he'll say to me, hey, can you like run out there real quick oh, yeah. and teach McConnell's test and I'm like the fuck, fuck is, is McConnell's, McConnell's test, test? Like, I, that one come I'm like I don't remember scratch, names I know wait a second Jackson I know <laughs> I know I know oh shit like, which he'll one just, is he'll that throw one, an right? assessment name at me and I'm sure. like hold on which one is that so right, like right. It, as soon as he gives me the retrieval cue I got it but I'm like no I can't do that yeah. like you're just saying people's names to me now yeah. well here's what they that's what the, that's what teaching was basically mm. right when I stepped in and finally got the job, so okay, I, I went in, I showed them everything. Did you go I d- home and rehearse? I did. What does your rehearsal look like? Do you gather your family in the living room? No. And say, <laughs> and say guys, pretend you're a bunch of Asian kids in the massage I, class. I gathered, I gathered <laughs> he my- He said they're mostly Asian. I gathered my daughter- <laughs> Who is is I love her to bits, but okay. she's a fifteen year old in this world. Oh, geez, she was on her phone the whole time. No, she's recording she, you. No, well, she not, only, not only did so she record cringe. me, she, not only she recorded me, recorded you and but put she's it to very very opinionated and overly truthful. Okay, <laughs> if I'm gonna have anybody critique me, I might as well make it her instead of my wife. You know what's great about having a fifteen year old critique you? You're on TikTok. I don't understand a goddamn word teenagers <laughs> say, so it's fine. Like they could be in- insulting me like crazy, That's and I'm true. like, sounds cool. Dad, Dad you're a relic. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Dad, you're such a carrot. What? <laughs> what are you Sandy? Okay, so you've rehearsed. Okay, so you're rehearsing. I rehearsed. And then she, when she looked daughter. at me, she looked at me after the second time and went, That's why you're teaching, Dad? Mm. And I'm like, Yes. What did she say after the first time? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Dad, you know what? Slow down. I'm okay. Slow down. You're, you're too fast. You got too much information. You're too excited. I can see that excited. you get really excited and oh. like passionate about what you do and you have, you'll and go I, a million miles that, a minute. I give that to the students. So here's what I do with the students is the first thing I do is I slow it down. Okay. If I want their attention. This is good. I take a pause. So, I slow down. So did you, did you do any research on effective public speaking absolutely because not a lot of instructors do this kind of stuff at least that's what i absolutely like i don't i i don't do it in preparation to instruct i mean is this at three in the morning when he can't sleep i do it i do it i do it post i do it after right and i just want to see like did i did i instinctively hit these markers did i instinctively do these things that people instruct will say these this is a way to grab a crowd oh my god you did this to me recently he found he found something i don't know if it was effective public speaking or something this one was about commanding respect yes commanding respect he found this video about things that you can do six points to to command respect respect. and he showed me this video and he said i want you to watch this and then afterwards he said do you naturally do the, or, or how many of these things do you do? Do you actually do? And so do we naturally the, do. And do actually, no, 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 naturally, it was actually. a two part. It okay, was a two yes, part. Yes, you yes. start out, you said, do you do these things? And I said, yes. And you said, how many? And I can't remember what my response was, but then you said, 
do you naturally do these things or is this a conscious effort? Mm -hmm. And I had to think about each point. Like, do I naturally do this? Do I have to like consciously put effort in to do it? Yeah. So here's what I did is as funny as it sounds, but again, I have a 15 year old daughter. I went on to TikTok Mm -hmm. and there is a gentleman, um, an Asian gentleman. I don't remember his name. Glasses. Thank you. He's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Vin. Uh, Vin. I don't, yeah, I don't remember his, his last surname. name, but I listen to him yes. for hours. I follow him. I listen to him. I pause when, yep. when not to. Mm-hmm. When to focus. Mm-hmm. When to slow down. Mm-hmm. When to speak up to get attention. Mm-hmm. It's all about knowing yep. and then watching your audience to know are they really there. Mm-hmm. Right. So I take that into class. That is so important. We get so many emails and because I'm sitting across from like the most humble guy in the world who hates compliments, you can just sure. turn your ears off right now, Mark. Off now, but, says about that. Too. But we right. get so <laughs> many emails and DMs after somebody has taken a class with Mark right. or done private tutoring and they're always complimenting him on his ability to keep attention even during, and I'll put in air quotes, a boring subject. Absolutely. But I mean, this guy will talk for eight hours about record keeping and people will respond back and say, I can't believe you made eight hours fun talking about Mm -hmm. fucking record keeping. And that is the other thing I do is everything I teach, I make fun. Mm. And I bring it then to real world experience. Storytelling. Storytelling. I love to, I'm finally in a place Mm. where people have to listen to my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Hours and hours. I got so much I could share. And it all is relevant to what they're learning, when they're learning it, and why they're learning it. There's there's some instructors, because I I watch a lot of this stuff too, just again, just to see like, do I do any of this stuff naturally? And then if not, are there things that I can I can make different and blah 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 blah. And one of the things that 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 Vin guy was talking about was the tone in which you end a sentence. Oh. To be taken seriously when you speak. Do you end on a high tone? Or a low or tone. Or do you end on a low tone? A low a high tone sounds like a question. Mm. Mm. So I started listening to different instructors speak, and there's one guy that I find boring as shit. Right. And I always question what he has to say. Every fucking sentence is a high tone. Every sentence. Every sentence. It's never a definitive, confident, low tone ending. Never. I was like, hmm. So I want to put this out to all of these educators and be like, guys, just go learn something about public speaking. I need to know what Vin has to say about being humble. Um, Driving me crazy. Vin says... (laughs) Vin he says, he says, if someone is going to reach out to you and, uh, and give you a compliment, it's, it, they're giving you a gift. Say thank you. And say thank you. Say thank you. If you reject it, you're really rejecting someone's gift. But not only, not only that, but you're actually rejecting all the hard work you put into yourself. Yeah. Right? Say thank you. And it's an appreciation. They're appreciating you for what you've done, for either what you've given to them, and now they want to give something back in a positive aspect. Do you feel you're giving a gift since you, since you are usually uncomfortable with compliments and praise of any kind do you feel you're giving people a gift like when you're teaching your classes and someone comes to you and says like that was amazing or no. like somebody who's taken a course somewhere because we get that too no. somebody's taking a course somewhere else and then they take the course through mark and they're mm. like i learned more in this one day than i learned you know three days with this other person and i'll tell you i get it no. i get that all the time i i view that as i'm doing my job yeah. it's a job that i created it's a job. Right. but i'm doing my job and every time I go to do my job, I'm going to do it with 
100% effort and intention. So, okay. we But we know from every, every single profession, yes. there are people who are really fantastic, yes. right? Like you're saying you get these types of compliments from your students right. as yes. well. There's people that are really great. I had amazing massage instructors. Me too. I had mediocre but massage to me, instructors. To me, this is someone that is not doing it with 100% effort or intention. Or is it they're doing to the best or they're not of their focusing, ability? They can, but, they're, they're, but does that person have the capability of understanding public speaking a little bit better and is choosing not to right things like that to me that goes as part to the 100 percent effort i will do everything pre i will do everything during i will do everything post to make sure this job comes off the best possible so how way. is that not giving people a gift because you don't have to do that there's mediocrity but, everywhere but to me that's to me that's the only way to that's, do your job it. and to me it's my duty after the prolonged time that I've been around, it is my duty to give back and teach others. Mm, that's interesting. Which means I have to give everything that was given to me, shared with me at no cost, but given to me to be better. We've heard this before. I have to give back. We know we know other people that are very much like this. Tara's exactly like right? this. Yes. Tara's like, my, it's my mission. It's my duty. My mission, yeah. and it, for her, it's a duty as well, yeah. is to any information that I've ever received along the way from somebody else, oh, gotta share. it's gotta my share duty it. to share it. Yeah. You have to. Along. And you, you to. do with it what you want to do That's with Christine it. That's Christine Sutherland's entire mission. You accept it or mission. you don't accept yep. it, yep. but it's my job, my duty yep. to pass it along. Yep. But to go back to that, I think that's all part of just doing your job as best you can i understand that right? but do you hear how you guys are even speaking okay. i think this it is my like this is something well, yeah. you guys have taken on what i'm saying is yes it's a passion you guys have taken this right. on so what i'm saying to you is how can that not be giving someone a gift because nobody is forcing you but you to work with this level of integrity and that is in itself so a look, gift it, because it could be a gift but it's that, in our decision it's our the way we look at it. Giving a gift is always your decision. No, no, no. It's not even about decision or not. You may think we're giving you a gift, but it's, it's, you can take it as a gift and, you know, great. Namaste. Have the gift. But for me, it's my duty for you to have that. And if you can have that and be successful, I've done my duty. I've done my job. I'm honored to have you be able to do that success, to see it, to feel it, to sense it, to know it. You'll be a good therapist. I'm not as altruistic as this at all. <laughs> I'm not. It's okay. One of one of the reasons why yeah. I will put in as much effort as possible to make whatever it is that I'm doing as best as I possibly can is because that's where I feel accomplished. Part of my my whole work focus is I always it's 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 not healthy. I'll the first to say it's not healthy. I always need to feel accomplished. And if I delivered on anything, whether it's a massage therapy media video, whether it's a podcast or I'm teaching a class or whatever the case is, and I feel like I'm not putting in my all, then I don't feel accomplished by it and I don't like that feeling after. So you're putting in your all for you. Yes. And you're putting in your all because you feel it's your duty to pass things on to other people. Well, and I also still have a practice where I see 20, maybe 30 people a week sometimes regularly because i've had this gift to learn more while i'm sharing more and now i get to treat more consistently effectively and it's a circle and now i've got this little circle of 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 just wow it's 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 
Amazing. So could, are you so, saying you could never be? I mean, I'll present this to both of you, but yep. I'm really looking at Mark, who says sure. he's got to be accomplished. Yes. Are you saying you could never be the massage? Th- and by the way, if you are this massage therapist, there's nothing wrong with being this okay. massage therapist. But yep. you could never be a massage therapist or kinesiologist that works at a clinic. You're happy there. You like the people there. It's cool. But you just show up. You do what you do, and you go home. And I been I, there, done that. I, can't do that. I can. If that is how I view that thing, I recognize when I want to feel accomplished, when I need to feel accomplished, and that happens to be with the stuff that we do here that I created to do. Like I created my own job. So, but, but there are definitely things that I do in my everyday life that I don't need to feel accomplished. And therefore, you can see the effort that I put into it. It's not the same as what I do here, right? Yeah. I love playing the bass. Sure. I also recognize, like, I'm not an awesome bass player by any stretch of the imagination. Could I be a better bass player if I put in 100% effort? If you in put the same time? effort here, exactly. there, then I could probably you be the could. Same? But right. I don't need to feel accomplished when I pick up the bass guitar. I don't have that desire. I don't have that need. When I roll into a classroom and at the end of the eight-hour day, I need to feel accomplished. And if I don't feel accomplished, I feel like shit. And I'm like, I, I get on myself and I'm like, I'm never, you've heard me do this before about many things. I'm Every never fucking doing it like this ever again. <laughs> you you are the most hard on yourself of anybody. Right. Where ever I'm met. not quite like that. Whereas I'll actually sit in class because some of the students have been from different schools and different wherever. I listen to how can I educate them better. I have all this information because I'm still treating. I still get it. And I'm teaching it. I get it more than even most people get it. Like you get it. Mm. Right? So, and then I speak this way and I connect this way and I teach them to do that. So the day job is fun. Teaching, I make fun. If you're going to learn from me, you're going to laugh. If you laugh, you remember. If you're bored, you won't. I'm curious then with both of you guys. How do you view making mistakes and errors? Love it. Make them all the time. Students correct me all the time. I joke. I make fun of if I make a, an error in my work, I try and correct as best I can. How, how do you feel about it mistakes is what it and is. errors? Differently now than I ever have in my entire Tell life. Tell me what you mean. I don't mean. know. I think I grew up a little bit. Okay. Um, I would say majority of my life, I I was, a f- I was very fearful of making mistakes. Okay. I shied away from anything yep. that I didn't think I could do perfectly. I was an over-the-top perfectionist with everything. If I couldn't be the best, I would just not do it. Mm-hmm. Because I, mm-hmm. if I'm not the best, I'm not doing it. So making mistakes wasn't something I was ever comfortable with. I didn't like to admit when I made mistakes. I would try every way to, instead of asking for help from somebody who could probably make me better, mm-hmm. I would try to figure everything out on my own. That sure, was absolutely. how most of my life went. Absolutely. I see it in both of my kids too. It's fucking terrifying. Um, I'm like, great. <laughs> Great. Aren't my kids supposed to get the best parts of me, not the right, worst? Not the worst. Right? Uh, kids but get anyway, the worst, sometimes. Lately, like, you know, as I'm getting older, if I don't know how to do something and somebody wants to give me advice, even if their advice is shit, you take it. I've become, listen. I don't necessarily take it. Well, you listen. <laughs> that, you listen. Is, that is poor decision making, <laughs> sir, because sometimes it's not so good. <laughs> but I'm much more open to listening, listening. to people who have yeah. different experiences than Absolutely. I do. I'm much more open to accepting help. Yeah. I'm much more open to saying, I have no fucking idea what that means. Right. I don't know how to do this. If I do something, 
astronomically stupid. I also now have no problem saying, yeah, I fucked that up. Shit. Yeah. And that's it. And then learning from it. See, and I've done that through my career over and over again. Fuck that. Stupid. Done this. Put my head in the wall here. Oh, shit. Did that again. Oh. Now I'm at a point where I make little silly errors, not so many mistakes. It's just little silly errors. And I go, that I can deal with no problem. Oh, spelling error. Hey, guys, look, I'm dyslexic, right? And it's you make it fun, but it's not about- For anyone who didn't listen to Sandy's other episodes, I think he actually is dyslexic, so this is not right? just a joke. Like, <laughs> like, like sick. I'm actually harder on myself over silly, stupid things. Yeah, you yeah, are. When I, something I is it. silly and stupid, that's just because- sure. I was not zoned right. in enough. No, no, I get it. Well, that's the way I, I get it. it. I'm not focused enough. I get it. I'll write an exam and, something... and all of a sudden doesn't show up right and four questions are missing and now I have to give them marks because I screwed <laughs> up. I'm like, guys, question 34, 36, 38, and 39. Pick C. Just skip over. There's no actual answer. You all get a mark. Right? Like, what so am I going to do? When there's, when there's minor things like that that are avoidable if I was just more attentive, I get pissed about. Yeah. I enjoy being pissed about those things, but I get pissed about. When there's big things that I make mistakes on or my opinion on something is just really not valid and I've been shown something better or something that makes a little bit more sense or whatever the case, I've been shown the way, yeah. then I'm cool with that. It's, it's the small... You're, you're, okay, so <laughs> let's let's talk things. about that for a second just to give people context. If Mark makes a an Instagram post and he meant to write there and he wrote then, yep. okay, and I catch it, I'm literally afraid to say, Mark, you have a you have an error in your post because he's instantly angry. And like he's like, fuck, I gotta go change it on Instagram and on Facebook and on TikTok. And now he's Fucking angry. Right? Wow. Wow. So that's perfectionism. That's that's, that's that's the anger. But what I found interesting is you said if somebody if you had an opinion and somebody shows you something that alters your opinion that you don't care about what i was going to say is when we first started recording podcasts that was actually a massive fear of mine because i would say something and then literally maybe within seven episodes i would talk to somebody and my mind would change mm -hmm. and sure, that's okay. that's sure. allowed that's and allowed. i think that's You're important whenever you want but I was so fearful of somebody coming and saying, well, seven episodes, you said this. Oh, and so yeah, I felt the need to like um, defend myself all the time and say, like, if you hear me saying things that are contradictory, it's not that I am contradictory. It's that I've I've changed my viewpoint. I've hey, grown. You know, something... changing your viewpoint is called growth. Right. It's which, called Which is growth. what I just said. Which, which, <laughs> which is absolutely cool. This is what I'm not cool with. Here we go. I'm not cool with with. The high horse, high and mighty. Um, I'm dropping all of this stuff in absolutes. I am moral posturing like crazy, but you're hypocritical in the process. Oh, I was wondering mm. how you were going to bring this up. We right? had the most interesting couple, conversation about hypocrites. There's earlier. a couple. There's a couple things. So, for example, I know somebody who posts a lot of stuff and it's it's a lot of like like for lack of a better way of saying it woke moral posturing mm. and even related to an age group that this person is not even in like your your generations removed from this this generation that you're identifying with so much which i can't figure out how do you even identify with this with this generation? You're not of that generation. Like it's difficult to 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 jump on board with a lot of those things, sure. right? Sure. But then is posting it like like it's gospel, but it's so hypocritical in doing so. So, for example, this person is like women's power, blah blah blah, all the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? 
and then posted something about a celebrity. And the celebrity was doing something to like shove it to the man kind of thing, right? And I was thinking to myself, this celebrity you just posted on is known to be the biggest fucking womanizer ever. Right. Ever. So, I mean, if you're going to sit on your high horse sit and, like, high and horse. ready to gun down everyone for the higher down. ground, right, 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 do you know right. what I mean? You can't make those types of mistakes. Look, you can't have your cake and You know what I mean? Too. Come it's on. Like that. Anyway. Sorry, but go ahead. I wasn't talking. Oh, the, 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 thing, that, the thing that we were talking <laughs> so about this to morning. Get today. back on topic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's real just, your Teachers original teach question. What they teach, but we have a curriculum. I, oh, I thought we were way past that. I mean, <laughs> sure. we're, we're, your original question to Sandy and I, Mark, was, was how do we feel do about mistakes? mistakes? And like I said, right. these days I'm much more okay with making mistakes. And if somebody were to call me out, even when it comes to the opinions, if I said something yep. in 2018 and now I say something that is completely completely different. I'm not being hypocritical. Not I've grown. I'm not the same. same person that I was in 2018. But that used to be like a huge anxiety for me. Like mm. I cannot be caught. Like this is all fucking recorded. I cannot be caught messing up. Now I just truly don't Con- give a shit. Conscious effort to change that or natural evolution of self. Hmm. A little of both. So you, you just drank that tea and said, fuck it. Fuck it, man. The, the tea, green tea with what? what's in it? Green tea. Jasmine. Ooh, bitch more induced jasmine. <laughs> jasmine. <laughs> Little no, mushroom. You know, I... <laughs> It was, it was both. It was the conscious effort and it was... I mean, yes, I've gotten older and, you know, things tend to bother me less. But you know, I just said some of the my traits I see in our children. That was enough for me to say, I don't want them to like live in fear of making mistakes. I don't want them to shy away from things because they're worried that they're not going to be good at it. Like I quit, I quit figure skating when I was eight years old, because I was so good that I was in a class with 12 year olds. And so they picked on me. I was the little one and they sure, picked on absolutely. me and I was like, I don't want to be this little runt that everybody picks on. So I quit hmm. and I, you know, I don't want I my kids it. to do that. So I have but there's made certain pieces that I... an effort to be okay with fucking up sometimes as long as you're learning from it. But there are some times when I, wa- I want them to be angry that they messed up. So like, if for they example, didn't try. exactly. So my youngest daughter, She's not the biggest fan of practicing piano. She likes playing. <laughs> That's an understatement. She likes going to piano lessons. She's not the biggest fan of actually practicing. Us asking her to practice is like we're asking her to remove her limb. Because I read music, so I get to hang out with her while she practices at home. Lucky you. And No, I mean that like lucky you. Well, like you get to spend that time quality. Like I, I, I like share it. Share that musical interest. My daughter brings down her bass and I'm like... I can hum. <laughs> I can sing but to it. I, but. but but when 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 your practice is going to shit mm. because you're just not fucking trying anymore. Yeah, you're right? just going that's, through the motions. That's when I'm like, mm. I want you to be angry at yourself that you're making kind of silly errors because you're just not focused right now, and you're not focused because you just don't want to really do this, but you kind of want to do it, it's a really weird go. So I feel in those moments, I'm, I'm going to be a little hard on you. Yeah. And I and it's one of those parent moments where like this is going to pay off in the long run type of thing. Like when you get older, you will thank me for this. But the good thing is, though, she does see that now. Like when she was able to go back to her piano teacher after dad was hard on her for, you know, a good hour. 
And she could say, I can play this whole song. And the piano teacher had actually said, oh, I didn't even mean for you to learn this mid- middle section. Like this is more advanced that like, you only had to do this, this top part. Your she dad. said, well, my dad taught me it. And then she was so proud of herself. Like I didn't even have to play the middle part, but I played it because dad taught me. And I said, see, like when That's you practice. Great. And, and I didn't, great. I didn't teach her. Right. Right. All I did was sit with her that was, and, but sometimes it's all it takes. and made her work her way through it. And then when she worked her way through it, I was there to make sure we're going to do this again and we're going to do this again. And you made a mistake here. What mistake did you make? Do you know what mistake you made? Yeah, I did. Cool. How are we going to change that? I'm going to do it like this. Well, let's do it again. See, and it's funny because I did that with my daughter, but but I didn't know. So what I mean by that is, she could, Dad, do you want to hear my essay? Sure. I don't know what a thesis is. <laughs> right. Sure. Love to. <laughs> I finished work. Let's go. Because I work from home when I'm not teaching. I have a practice out of the house. So mm-hmm. if I'm not working, Dad can. Sure. Sat down. She brought her laptop and she reads. It's about a page and a half, maybe two pages. Yeah. I'm like, wow. She said, well, how did that sound? I'm like, well, how did it sound to you? Well, I think I should change this. Well, do you think you should change that? Yeah. Well, then why don't you change it and then read it back to me? Okay. Da-da-da-da. Dad, that sounds much better. I'm like, yes, it does. Because what am I going to I don't know. I don't oh, know how to do perfect. that. perfect. But, but I just got to you created reinforce, the envi- reinforce you, it. You created the environment right. for the self-learning. That's it. And then you reinforce the self-learning. Right. She's so much smarter than me and stuff like that. And so let her go through the process. This is shit that you might learn in an adult teacher training class. Right. And you might not have <laughs> taken one. And right. I was doing this stuff before I even knew that this was so a thing. So I do that in class. I love it. They come up to me. They go, so- Sandy, since you're so good, can, I have this problem, and the first thing I sit there is go, did you do your assessment? What do you what do, think what do, the what do, is? what do you mean? I said, well, well, here's, let's break this down. What is the problem you're having? Let's go through our list. So I keep my list on the board of how to do OSCE. I go, I go subjective, objective, you know, assess, plan. I break it all down. Each, each aspect of assessment, which you're going to need from the introduction all the way down, I have this whole list on the board. I say, well, let's go through the list. You say, okay, okay. So I say, okay, first question. Go through Lord Fikaharam on yourself. Oh, what is that? Well, I told you what it is. Go get your paper and go get it. They break it down. So they start asking the questions in front of me. I go, see, you know the answer. Mm. And then I then they say, well, what muscle? I go, well, what muscle? They said, no, 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 no. Sandy, tell me, what muscle's here? I go, no, 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 no. Go get your trail guide. Yep. Come on over here. You tell me what muscle it is. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm the client, you're the therapist. When I was teaching informal massage education, they would come and ask me a question and I would say, I want you to tell me what you think before I even answer anything. Right. I want you to tell me what you know or, or what you think this thing is all about or what you, and then we can work on that. So when I was in massage school, I'm pretty sure people fucking hated that. When I'm doing continuing education they classes, love they love it. Mark, can you show me this or can you go over this for me again? I'm, I always start with, why don't you show me what you got first? Right. You show me what you what Think you took is, away and, from all of this, right. and then we'll go from there. Because chances are you're probably bang on. Let's right. just see you what just you got. You just may not first. realize you got it. Yeah. And so in here, continue education. Love it. Formal education where they just want just give me the fucking answer. <laughs> right? Well, see that's fucking the difference. I make it. I make formal education like you make it here. If 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 you really don't get it, why are you doing it? If you don't understand, let's say, for instance, primary mechanical effect of effleurage. So when do you use effleurage? You do. So why are you asking me? 
right? The point is for them to understand yep, I dig it. every aspect of it because if they get it, you walk into CMTO OSCE, give me whatever scenario you want. I already know the symptomatologies of whatever I need because I teach soft tissue treatment planning. Mm-hmm. So I go through at least 45 different treatments to understand. I right? wish that... Um I, I, I just had this thought because when I was studying for my OSCE, I was helping a couple of other people study. And a lot of people were overwhelmed feeling like, oh, we, you know, this, we have to memorize two years of stuff. And oh I, I kept saying, but you don't have to memorize shit. Right. You have to understand, understand when you have it. a scenario in front of you, what's happening, what are the goals, like what do you need to accomplish here Thank and you. how can you do that? And Beautiful. there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do that. Pick some. Show that you know what you're trying to do. Like that's Hello, it. That's it. Trying to trying Break to memorize all the you shit don't you learned need to in two years. Ninety nine percent. I mean, I would love to get ninety. I'd sure. love to get a hundred percent. But again, you don't. When you get your certification, you get a certification in the mail. Congratulations, you passed. They don't say you passed by ninety eight percent. But I mean, even if you're you're right? a perfectionist <laughs> and you're striving for ninety eight percent, the whole point is you don't need to memorize shit. You need and to understand if, it. If students yeah. were all taught by instructors who can make them focus a little more on you're working with people. Like when somebody comes in, what do you have to do? You have to figure out what's going on with them. What are their goals? What are the goals of this treatment? How can we do that? That's also clinical prep. So depending on how they teach clinical prep, right? So my clinical prep is my actual exam for clinical prep is literally clinic. Client has to come in. You have to have a case history filled out. You have to do subjective, Lord Ficker harm, whatever visual and palpatory assessments I've now actually taught you. Because I'm not teaching real assessments yet. That's in a different, because they split it up differently at our school, right? And then they actually then have to introduce how to get on the table, ask for consent for assessment and treatment. They've got to go through the entire process because guess what? You're too, you're in clinic. There's there's a piece to school that's really strange, massage school, where massage school is harder than everyday life. It's yes. harder than being a therapist. If I'm a therapist yeah. and you walk in and you got issues, I can see your issues. I can feel your issues. Yep. We can have a conversation about them. Correct. I can look at range of motion that might be limited. I can look at compensatory movement patterns. I can see all that stuff. In school, that classmate that you're supposed to be doing frozen Doesn't shoulder stuff, they don't have it. Yeah. No. So, making so now, now you're left with trying to memorize this treatment that is laid out in a textbook versus that real life person. You're relying on all of that subject information you're gathering, objective information that you're gathering yep. based on the actual yep. person that's got the actual thing in front of you. So school's weird that way. Even if you're making something up, or like not making something up, but even if the person that you're treating doesn't have XYZ conditions, yes. the idea is understanding the pathology of a condition. Now, right. I know what's going on, know what the goals are of each treatment. Like I remember when I was tutoring somebody I was studying with her because we were we were at the same time and we would like go meet at the campus on a weekend and I would help her study and she would always get so overwhelmed. And I remember helping her study for neurological conditions. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the day, she was like, this is this is so simple. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, the problem is you were trying to memorize every single technique that Mark has taught you and I know you taught in a way that yeah, makes yeah, yeah. sense it, but, but it was not understanding what technique do you actually need for this condition but I was like you're trying to memorize every single technique Mark has taught you for these conditions versus just looking at what is what is the stem asking you what is the condition yep. and what are you trying to accomplish I'm like when you do this 10 minute OP in front of Mark you're not going to have to do 7 million techniques like pick pick four 
and make sure you're showing him that you understand what's going on here and you can you can you're treat the condition. That, you're demonstrating that you understand, understand the scenario, the client presentation, yes. and then you, right. you understand Absolutely. strategies that you can deal with that presentation. Yes, yeah, students get very overwhelmed because they're thinking, well, you I know need to show everything I possibly can. Because I, I teach they get in, taught that in that's school. That's the way they get taught. Whereas I teach in soft tissue treatment planning because I teach them from the beginning. Techniques all the way through to clinical prep, from clinical prep to planning, because our school teaches it a little differently. We took the CMTO curriculum and said, look, you're all over the place, right? So you're going to learn techniques and all your your physiology, pathology, all your techniques, year one, year two, we're going to put that all together. Then you're going to learn assessments. Now you're going to learn hydrotherapy. Now you're going to learn remedial exercise, because now you understand the body. Now you know how to treat the body. Now we're going to put it together for That's you. That's the way it should go. That's yeah. the way it should go, but it's not normally taught that way. It's normally taught, here's your head, neck, and stuff for a year, year whatever, these first four months, and you're going to learn everything from assessments to treatments, but you still don't know the body yet. <clears throat> so we do anatomy, physiology, pathology, and uh, techniques one, which is your advanced technique and Swedish technique. Year one and year two, they bring it all together. This is the perfect example of how a school and the instructors and the education coordinator for that program can deliver it differently. We may be hitting all the same things that are in the interjurisdictional competency document. We may even have all of the same or relatively same lesson plans, but the order in which we roll it out in the program, yeah. one makes sense, one creates a lot of confusion. Yeah. Right. 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 Now, going back to like students and say like a treatments class. Well, before I even say any of this. So let's just say, like I said, soft tissue treatment planning. I'll finish this thought first because yep. I'll lose it. The first. <laughs> no, I, dude, fucking, ADHD, fucking 17 concussions. Come on, Forget man. That. Right? Lay off a little, the weeds, a little happy, happy, happy joy, weeds, joy before <laughs> I came. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch. So the main thing I need these students to understand is here's your pathology. What is the symptomatology picture you're going to see? Because when you go to CMTO, they give you this thing behind just drapes. You open it up. You have two minutes to read symptoms. Client has this, 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 and this, and this. They don't tell you what it is. You now have to go in and figure out what it is. Yeah. And each room is different. So if you can understand symptom picture to a pathology, now it makes it so much easier. Now you know what could go wrong with this path? Oh, I know what pathology that is. I mimicked. I know what that is. Now I know also, also now what techniques I need, what sequences I'm going to use, what assessments I'm going to do in this area, where is it? It makes it so much easier to bring it all together because now you know how to recognize the problem. There's a couple things. So you have all of these folks saying massage therapy curriculum shit. Um, Which is sad. You, 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 you learn stuff there that is outdated or irrelevant or whatever the case is. <sighs> so let's first start off by saying this. Massage therapy school, in my mind, is about building foundation. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You have to come out, as Sam says, we say it all the time here, you're a good novice, right? Right, right. So Absolutely. it starts with the foundational stuff. All these cats have been practicing 7, 10, 15, 20 years. 29. And they're like, massage therapy <laughs> curriculum shit. It, it, it should be more about dealing with a person. We all know we're dealing with a person, right? But at the end of the day, a big part of it is getting down all these foundational pieces. Amen. Now, where a massage therapy instructor in a school might go wrong is saying, this is the only way to deal with this is by doing this technique. Versus, here's this technique, 
here's its possible uses. These, these are different strategies in which you might want to use this. This is not the be-all, end-all. There's a lot of other options out there, but this is what we're working on right now. I love that. That is really different than a teacher saying or an instructor saying, if you have this, you have to do it like this, and you, this yeah. is what you need to do and follow it like this. And I'll give you an example and of how I And that's where I think that. a lot of people think massage therapy school shit because it's, not, it's, it's building foundation. That's all it is. Yeah, and I think that um, instructors can remind students, like, I don't remember from massage school, but do we talk about the history of yes. massage therapy? Yes. It's because supposed to be there. It's supposed to be there. Okay. I think that people understanding that this is a therapy that's been around for forever and ever and ever and, you know, different cultures and how it's been used, et cetera, et cetera. And understanding that there's a lot of stuff that we do that there isn't necessarily peer reviewed research. Mm -hmm. So we don't necessarily have hardcore evidence, but we have, you know, the history of, Thousands of, years. of this type of therapeutic touch really helping people yep. and it being used in all of these ancient civilizations and how we'll it was think used. It's been and written I think, down since Galen of Rome in yeah. 16, 699 AD. He wrote 16 books on massage therapy. So to have the history and then make people understand that some of the, the techniques that we're showing you even if, because you mentioned mechanically, what, what is it doing? There's a lot of controversy around that, right? Sure. So even if we don't 100% understand mechanically what it's doing, we can talk about some of the theories of maybe what's happening. Right. We can talk about um, clinical experience. And I, I really dislike when people throw that out the window. If you've been practicing 29 years, if you've been practicing, I don't even know where you are. Let's say 18, know. let's say 20. I don't know, but I've been practicing. It's, it's approaching 20. Ooh, what year are we? We're 2024. 20, so I don't know. I'm like 13, 14 years in hmm. it in 13 or 14 years. I have worked on enough bodies and worked with sure. enough people who have been able to come back and, you know, we, we do a reassessment after the treatment and then I see them maybe seven days later and we talk about what's been going on the last seven days, what things have improved, gotten worse. I have enough of that clinical experience to mm -hmm. be able to say the, these certain things tend to give this kind of effect. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. do I 100% know what's happening mechanically? No. no. But you can relay but that you to your client. if you have an idea on what it's meant to do, it may not be 100% exact. I think the reason that therapists think massage therapy education is crap is because they're remembering some of these statements that were made and they're they're realizing that there isn't room for variance. That's fine. But again, it's still building the foundational knowledge and... I don't feel personally, and maybe other people will disagree and that's fine. I don't feel I was lied to. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was given foundational knowledge and it's up to me as a practitioner Correct. to also make sure that I am looking into what I'm doing and I'm reading research and I'm taking continuing ed. And I teach research it's, too. It you, is have to, my, you have to do it. It is my responsibility to do that. Could there be some updates to curriculum? Sure. sure but I don't think massage okay. curriculum is garbage in I don't any think way. so either. So when someone says the massage therapy curriculum is crap, this is my first question. The musculoskeletal anatomy is crap? That's crap? That's there's big some big evolution in musculoskeletal Biomechanics anatomy. Is crap. Biomechanics is crap. Kinesiology right. is crap. Physiology is crap. Exercise physiology is crap. Neurology, right? Garbage. So so you're <laughs> so you may be talking about this small part of the massage therapy curriculum that talks about the mechanical effects yeah. of the techniques yeah. that you may have been taught in school, right? Which is not the massage therapy curriculum. 
Like the last time I checked, heart physiology is heart physiology. So that's the crap part of the curriculum. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you're going to say the massage therapy curriculum is crap, please, 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 at least follow it up with what you actually well, think is crap versus this blanket of massage therapy curriculum is crap. Foundational stuff is super important. At yeah. the end of the day. Absolutely. If you don't have foundation, you don't know anything. You don't know anything, right. So, I mean, if I'm a mechanic and I don't understand the braking system of a car, then I'm never going to be able to really recognize the signs and symptoms of, of, of brake issues. Absolutely. Right? I will naturally understand the signs and symptoms of brake issues if I understand the foundations of the braking system of your car. So it's the same idea, right, when you're doing that. So again, massage therapy school is really meant to build that foundation. When you're talking about all that anecdotal evidence stuff that you're like, oh, maybe there's not all this research to support, that's a life hack. That's a life hack that you see that works, right? What's wrong with demonstrating to someone a life hack that you're saying hey, this happens to work the majority of the time I use it, and this is the way I find that it works most of the time in my treatment. Not all the time, not with everybody, but these are also options for you to explore. Well, that's why I brought up the history, because when we're talking about techniques, because Sandy keeps talking about techniques, 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 uh, the biggest argument for people who say massage therapy curriculum is crap is when they're talking about, I mean, specifically trigger points and cross fiber frictions is what I sure. see the biggest sure. um, arguments about. And I mean, and anything to do with fascia. Right. But, and anything to do with fascia. And anything to do with fascia. I love it. But Let's every, throw that away. <laughs> everybody has their, their opinions on this. And a lot of the opinions are very valid. But again, if, if, massage therapy school if the purpose of it is foundational knowledge Mm -hmm. if people understand that historically these were the things we did to deal with whatever these things are that we called trigger points okay and if if what we thought they were isn't what they were and that's where you're having the problem because i don't know is massage therapy school still teaching trigger points the way we learn them i don't know but if they are either way i have always felt that okay i learned this technique for whatever this point that I either may palpate or my patient tells me, oh, that's tender and there's a a predictable referral pattern. Okay, cool. Whatever it is, I have found that these certain techniques have brought relief. Tend to bring I, subjective it's Subjectively, it, it's, it's brought relief. Then I'm okay to teach the students that. I saw somebody say that, but because we don't actually know mechanically what's happening, then how do we know we're not causing harm? And I really kind of had a problem with that statement because... Again, for somebody that's been treating for 29 years, like unless I'm jackhammering into somebody's quad. But but here's but here's the thing: when you get these students who don't even understand depth of pressure, and they don't even understand how to first have soft hands to see what you're feeling, to sense what you're feeling, and they're just going at it. Right. Okay. That that's, stu- really... that's students. I'm talking about experienced therapists who have a really really big problem with massage therapy schools still teaching trigger points because of the fact that the research doesn't support the way we've been taught trigger points. I'm on board with that. They're right. The research does not support that. However, the technique itself, I don't see as being an issue with still teaching things like compression. I, I don't Absolutely. see an Your issue with that. Your point is a, a local Absolutely. compression with a certain amount of pressure with a tender on any spot, part of your body spot. with a client that subjectively is saying your pressure is okay. Yes. You're like, how is this How am harming? I harming this person? I get what you're saying. And so, and, it's not. Even, and even if that sustained pressure on that tender point and the client says, wow, that feels the, much better. The, the pain has decreased significantly, even if that was 
fucking bullshit and that was a placebo and they just liked the way that I was touching that part on their body. If they got some sort of, there is therapeutic value. See, that's, that's where things get really silly to me. It's like when you're doing this movement on the body, you're, you're saying, we don't know. We don't know exactly what's going on with the body when I'm moving your wrist in this manner. And I don't want to do it because I'm going to, I may cause harm. We're probably not doing anything to any patient or client exactly. differently than what they do, do themselves, themselves on the regular. People naturally, when what what happens, if I'm walking and I bump my forearm on something, I, thanks Sandy, <laughs> I immediately, what do I do? I put hey. compression on the part of my forearm where Absolutely. there's like the most minor contusion because it feels good and it's, it's going to mm-hmm. take some of that. But that's natural. And mechanically am i doing anything maybe not am i just affecting my nervous system to calm this the fuck down sure but it's good and so i do understand the people who say okay just touch people nicely but i don't also don't see an issue with the foundational knowledge and the techniques that we've been taught and incorporating that in just don't fucking hurt people well, here's also and don't I, and don't say that you know exactly what's going on here's in all the, here's scenarios the, here's the no and i also tell that too i tell people you don't know you can't have x-ray vision you need to just understand how this works and then experiment with what does for you and what doesn't because this may not work for you. The touch people nicely part, I understand what you mean when someone says touch people nicely. This is what I don't think. The touch people nicely, the techniques are garbage, The oh. it doesn't matter what you do to the body, it's, it's all going to have the same result. Because yeah, I don't agree with that. When you say that, you're making an argument that a whole school revolving around massage therapy education is pointless. Yeah. Why are we even regulated then? Yeah. If, if everything you do is garbage and there's no science behind the techniques that you do and all you have to do is create a safe space for people, let them feel comfortable and touch them nicely, then why, why, regulated? why regulated? Why? Because the whole point of regulation is that there's potentially some sort of danger to the public. And if you're saying that everything that we do doesn't have an effect the way, the way we think it does, whether you're right or wrong, but when you're making that argument, you're underhandedly making the argument for this doesn't need to be a regulated profession and anybody right. can anybody can figure out how to do this kind of stuff and and there's no way that anybody can figure out how to do this stuff the reason there are therapists who are just incredible and they have really amazing clinical outcomes is because they have figured out how to look at a person, look at a person's body, figure out what's happening with them and develop a treatment plan that provides results versus somebody going to their husband saying my foot hurts rub my and then rub it. Rub my it, foot. it it's, it's not, not the same, same. it's it, not the same and you, you know do what? it all the time and why are there right? so many massage therapists doing their thing that they figured out because they understand greater they see more they do more they assess more they figured out what works for them in technique wise for them and they get results and doesn't that matter more than anything else i think we just need to combine all of all of the stuff together you know how i well, am the extremes I, I hate on either end i was going to say well. you know how much no. i hate extremism on anything there is usually a middle ground and i think we talked about this recently on an episode where there's a tendency in any conversation for the pendulum to swing too far one way and yeah. then too far the other way and eventually meet in the middle yep. and so when it comes to i mean this is a perfect time to have this discussion isn't the san diego san diego pain summit happening soon i think so there's you know 
pain science people who really feel very strongly one way mm -hmm. and then there's other people who feel strongly this way there's you know evidence-based people who feel strongly this way there's touch people nicely there's all trauma-informed all the but if we could just collectively agree that everybody has their way of treating the right people are going to find you because you treat a specific way and continuing to to say that massage therapy education is garbage is really actually undermining yourself. Don't tell me you learned nothing in massage school. You didn't teach yourself every, and you know, maybe, maybe some people are going to tell me, yes, they did. They're going to say, shut up, Amanda. It was crap. You've gone through all of the stuff that puts you into this position that allows you to have this opinion and you're now going to shit on all this stuff. That's bullshit. You wouldn't be able to be in the position to have this opinion if you didn't go through all the stuff. Yeah. Look, so now you're going to shit on the stuff? School is foundational. See, see I what I'm teach saying? foundation. And yeah. I explain to this, you have to grow. This is not it. This is just this the is beginning. like Spider-Man being very, very angry at the fucking radioactive spider. Spider, yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to kill you, spider, because you fucking, fucking poison me. I hate spiders. Boss, you have your powers because the this radioactive spider. This is the part spider. of the episode <laughs> right? that Amanda checks out while the geeks talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? I, know what you're I understand saying. when when you kind of disagree with all that stuff, but that stuff is also the things that brought you to where you are. Well, hey, if you disagree so much about it, do something to change it. Oh. I'm sorry, but if you're going to have a strong enough opinion, it's like voter people who, who complain about the government but don't vote. I'm, I'm sorry, don't but get don't into bitch that conversation. if you're not prepared to do something to change. What like, again, so when we, went, when we went through school, right, was mm. it the greatest? No. I had some I had fantastic <laughs> teachers. I had, I'm missing portions of it, but <laughs> it was it was amazing experience because of the school we went to and the teachers we had were fantastic. You Love know, them. You know what school helped me to do a lot? Um, I know that I once credited my yoga for this, but school was also a big part of it, is just having um, my own body awareness. And I feel like the, the more body awareness I had. So for example, when I would sit in certain positions, I suddenly became hyper aware, like, oh, right now my hip is like really extremely externally rotated and this, and like all of that then translated to when I'm dealing with my clients and we would talk about, you know, what do you do each day? And then I could think about when I sit in that position, this is what's happening. So then I would ask them, like, do you feel this? Do you feel and those sorts of things I don't think I would have gotten if it weren't for mm. massage school. Did you guys ever know or meet Lee Kaplan? Yes. She's been on she that couch. She sat right on that couch. Oh, yeah. I loved her. She was my teacher. Like, were you were you smitten? No, That's no. The way you like, made it like, sound right like now, mentor, <laughs> like mentorship wise. He is she, a married man. She she lived in she lived in Sutton. She was and went to Sutton with like she taught us. Yep, fabulous. Mm. It's too, it's too bad she retired, but I get it. She still teaches. But, uh, continue, she does like a body awareness, body, body mechanics, mechanics course. She with, does. She does. I can't believe you just said it's too bad she retired. She deserves to retire. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get it. I get it. But but that kind of brilliancy. I, I, I hope to be passing on, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm trying to take whatever she in, embraced onto me, mm. right? And and try to pass that on. To Is that others. like regifting? But regifting <laughs> I'm, without I'm still, a card. I'm in the still inside. on the gifts because <laughs> you guys can deny it all you want. What you do is provide a gift to people, mm. and I think massage school does that same thing because part of the the thing that we want to accomplish. I say we like I I'm an educator. I'm not, but part of the thing that educators in massage school want to accomplish is having the students be able to think for themselves. You, know, you oh, touched God, on this. Yes. And if you can 
as Mark said, if you can come out of school and recognize, okay, what you taught me there about fascia, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Hopefully that's lighting a fire under you to go learn a little bit more about the fascial system and really understand it and make it fit for the type of practice you want to have. Or if you're like, this trigger point thing doesn't make sense. Cool. There's a lot of things about trigger points that don't Don't make make sense. sense. But then you can look at what are these techniques? Are they beneficial? Do I want to use them? How do I want to word this? And it's still foundational knowledge. Like I said, yeah. could there be some updates to massage therapy education? Sure. But some of the stuff like the anatomy, the physio- physiology, the mm-hmm. pathology. That doesn't change. That it just doesn't gets up- change. It gets slightly updated. Even the assessments get slightly updated. New tests come out. Mm-hmm. Great. But that's your foundation of what we learn. And everybody yeah. learns the same. Doctors, dentists, uh, nurses, physios, chiros, osteo. We all get the same foundation. It's what you do with it at the end of it. This is why I want to create thinkers, not just doers. So is it that massage students go into massage school and then they, they're under the impression when I'm finished massage school, I know everything there is to possibly know about this thing? I, I 100% know. went in there with that attitude and then very quickly realized, because my, actually my teachers were, were great for this. They would always say it's called a practice for a reason. You're going to come out and the yeah. first client you that. treat, the, practice for a reason. the first client you treat you're going to have no fucking clue what right. you're doing. Right. And that's okay because you really do know what to do, but right. you have to practice. practice. You have to practice yep. on different people, different bodies. Because um, I remember I used to really stress out about building a treatment plan. I would arbitrarily say to people like, oh, come back every week because that's what we would do in student clinic. Sure. And so I used to really stress out and it wasn't until the clinical experience that I could figure out a way, like, how are we going to make sure that we're progressing? How are we going to see progress? How am I, when am I going to see you again? So we can determine if this is working for us. And it took like probably a couple of years for me to really get into a flow where I wasn't just giving everybody arbitrary treatment plans. Absolutely. I don't believe what I'm going to say, but I want to play devil's advocate. Love when he does that. For a second. Here we go. I know we're all very comfortable saying this is something I don't know. This is something I don't do very well or whatever the case is. I'm going to have to refer you to somebody else or I just don't know. I can't explain this to you. Do you, hmm, how do I want to ask this? Are you only accepting of that in certain types of industries and occupations and fields? So for example, if I took my car to the mechanic and I, and we agree something's wrong with my brakes and he looks at me, he's like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to try this. I'd be like, no fucking way. We're just going to try this. <laughs> why, why are massage right? therapists just but, like, oh, why but, are we okay with but that? But massage therapists are very right. comfortable doing it. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. And like I said, I don't believe what I'm saying here. I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's right? an easy question. I, I love the easy answer. I'd like oh, to hear that. I'd okay. Well, just creating conversation here. Yeah, I know. When it comes to something like a machine, because we're not just machines, we already established that we're people. But when it comes to something like a machine, like when our washing machine broke. Yes. And the guy said, this is what might be the problem, although that's not what the error code is showing me, but this is what might be the problem. I can do this repair. It's going to cost you $320, but I'm not 100% confident. I said, get out of my house. I'm going to call somebody else and get another opinion. Right. Right. Because, because that's not something that we like, 
a machine we can find a definitive problem with, or maybe we can't and we decide we have to buy a new machine. Can I just okay? pause you right there? Sure, you can. The two guys that came to my house first, I'm like, you're the most incompetent motherfuckers I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Yeah, they were bad. They were bad. You're incompetent. See, that's a, you're not knowing or not knowing what to assess tells me you're incompetent because the third guy that we had come in, he right away opened up the whole machine and found the problem within two seconds. Yep. Amen. Right? Amen. Right? And that's He's why the guy we, you keep the phone number pinned That's why we to called the, the third guy. But yeah. when it comes to something like the human body, there are so many... So many variances. Variables. There's yep. so many mm-hmm. variables. People have different presentations for different things. And when I go see a doctor, a dentist, whatever, I am always happy if they will present, this is what we found through imaging or testing or whatever. Right. And sometimes and sometimes they will say, I'm not 100% certain, but we can try this. And when you're presented with, this is what the side effects might be, which we have to do. It's part of our, it's informed consent. consent. When you're presented with by a healthcare professional that you know has been trained and they Mm -hmm. say, I didn't actually find any positives to anything, but you're experiencing pain. Your pain is real. Your pain is valid. This is what we can try. I'm not guaranteeing results and then Mm -hmm. get their informed consent. I think the reason it's accepted is because most people, when they're either experiencing pain or dysfunction, they'd rather have somebody say, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm willing willing to to work with you and I'm willing to try. And here's the side effects. I've always been told in therapy. Good answers, guys. Good answers. I've (laughs) always been told in therapy and and some, some of the best therapists I've ever worked with have always said the same thing. Not giving an answer is giving an answer. Not willing to try is not is giving an answer no. If you're always willing to give the effort, whether you're right or wrong, be willing to give the effort, the client will accept even if you're wrong. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean- when, And they're okay with it. And that, but that's also why we do reassessments and that's, yep. why, that's exactly that why we have we people on, on treatment plans. So yep. when somebody comes to me and we do something and then I see them in a few days and they either say, I can't believe it, but I like I can move again. Or, or they say there's been no change. Okay, let's try this. Modify okay, the treatment and go to the next step. And that's what we do. But if you are not being open and upfront about what you know and what you don't know, people will see that. Do you think the order in which you communicate this makes a difference? Does this sound different? I don't know what's going on with you, but I want to try this. Versus, I want to try this thing. I can't guarantee in any way, shape, or form that it's going to work. Do those two sound the same to you? No. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on fully, but I want to try this versus this is something I want to try. We can't guarantee it's going to work the way you want it to work. I just like the way it sounds better the second time. There's still that confidence in going, hey, I know there's a problem. I may not be sure what it is, but I'm trying something first. That's going to rule out what it could be. If that rules it out, now I can go to the other next step. But if that rules it in, now I know that's the aspect. I don't like to admit defeat, but what I will admit is that not my alleyway. Semantics. Is that not my lane way? Same thing. You heard the same thing? Yeah. yeah. To me, it sounds a little different too. One sounds like I don't know what's happening. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm, chuck, I'm gonna chuck something against the wall and see what's gonna yep. stick. That's what the <laughs> that's what the first one sounds like to me. Yep. The second one sounds like I'm gonna give this a go like this 
and let's see what happens. I guess I have to hear it in a real clinical way because, I mean, you speak with a lot of confidence. So to me, it was just semantics. You said the same goddamn thing. But well, I essentially did say the exactly. same thing. Exactly. If I, the way that I speak to my patients is yeah. in a very confident way. I right. am very transparent with them. So I would present it in a way where I'm letting them know I have not figured out right. why you're experiencing this issue. And both of those statements did that. And that's fine. Exactly. So regardless of how you said it there to me, maybe because I know you and you're confident in the way you speak, but I heard the same mm, same thing. Interesting. It's interesting. And you heard something different. Huh. Oh, I just heard the negative first instead of resolution, then possible resolution. possible possible resolution. As I like, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm trying to always come up with a reason instead of not having anything at all. Yeah, typically when I assess somebody for anything, I will say there's multiple possibilities. Here are my thoughts. It could be yep. because of this, 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 this. Ultimately, the messaging at the end is, I don't know that it's any of them or some of them or one of them. So I don't let know. Me, uh, this is good. So let me ask you a question. You've got a client that's coming in uh, with, a, with a wrist mobility issue. Cool. Cool? Cool. Do you keep them informed along the way while you're assessing i'm going to take a look at this now let's see what the results are going to be i'm going to take a look at this now see what the, or do you just do all the stuff and then at the end say this is what i think might be going Ooh, on do you want to walk with me through my treatment room well i mean we can we can hear sandy's answer first but then yeah i'll do that every aspect of everything i do i walk them through with anatomy so like before you're going to do, say, a muscle length test, you explain to them like, I'm going to do this test and this is what I'm looking for. Right. Or do you just go to do the test? No. Like you're, you're going to inform them like, I'm going to do some testing on your wrist and blah, 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 so, blah. So someone came in with a wrist. One of my golfers came in with a wrist thing. Right. Okay. Show me where it is. Great. Okay. I'm going to do a couple of tests because here's a couple of things it might be. And here's why I'm doing these tests. Duh, 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 duh. I'm checking this and checking this, checking this. I throw it up on anatomy. Here we go. Cool, good. I check, 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 check. How's the, any pain on any of those? Only on this one. Great. And See, what's there? I don't do it in this order. How do you do it? I don't do it in that order either. Um, I mean, I assume we're going to blow by all of the subjective information because I spend a lot sure. of time. Yeah, on yeah, subjective no, you gathered, you gathered, you gathered, all, you the gathered all your subjective information. And and can I really quickly? And you you are informing the client as to what's going to be happening. You're not necessarily giving them all of the insight of why you're not giving them the rationale for why you're doing what you're doing. But you are informing them like I'm going to see. I want to see how your wrist moves. I want to check the musculature. So that around was the, the question. Wrist. So you're answering for me. Yes. So go that's, ahead. Sorry, sorry. That's the answer. Which is I don't inform them of everything. I, I don't go through an anatomy lesson. So when if I'm assessing somebody's wrist after I go through all the subjective information, then, OK, let me see your wrist move. And I'm just going to walk them through some range of motion okay, and pause really quick just so I can understand the differences. So when you're doing that, are you saying I want to see your wrist move and these are the things that I'm looking for? Because that's what I get the sense that he's doing. Kind of. Because, again, when I'm doing it. It's not related to, let's say, Joe person who's not concerned about their anatomy. They're just concerned about their pain. Right. Whereas I work with sequencing of the body, which means when I work with these athletes, they need to know every degree of every angle, what controls it, what's in the way, okay. why can't they get okay. this formation? If I work with someone who doesn't care about that, I do what I got to do and then okay, tell them gotcha. here's the result. Okay, so you say, I want to see your, your wrist move. Yeah, so I just have them move. Their, and all I say to them with each movement is, if there's pain, just tell point. Me. 
Show okay, me where there's cool. pain. Um, or it's not necessarily pain. If you feel like some your movement is stopping somewhere, show me where the movement is stopping. Okay, why do you feel like it stopped? Like I just I ask them questions. Yeah, I yeah. not I don't tell them I'm looking for. I just want right, to right, get. Right. You just I gather. gather I don't tell them I'm looking for the problem. I educate in anatomy on. I'm checking this ligament. I'm checking this tendon. I'm checking this. Yeah, so there's so a little I, bit of difference. I, there. Yeah, I never do yeah. that. Um, after I've done all of my assessments, then you then spit out all your then findings. Then the anatomy comes out. Then I'm pointing to muscle charts and I'm okay. saying my thoughts are this muscle might be a concern. Hmm. Um, so that's going to be addressed today. My thoughts are that this ligament might be a concern. My thoughts are this whatever. And and I, I will show them these things yeah. and then we'll go through what the treatment plan is. But I don't really bust out any ligaments, tendons, muscles, joints, anything rhymes. until <laughs> I've gone through everything and I'm like, okay, so for example, like you talked about wrist. Let's say I was going to do like a carpal tunnel, like a Phelan's test or something. Sure. I will tell them, I'm just going to do a, an assessment right now that is assessing for possible carpal tunnel and you syndrome, explain right? Them what's I explain be what I'm going to do, of course. Yeah, all that stuff. But then I'm not telling them like, this is why you might feel your carpal tunnel symptoms right. as I'm doing this. Whereas right. you might tell them this Whereas, is well, why so you here, might here's feel the thing, this. He all, will for someone that's into the anatomy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So for instance, if one of the golfers comes in, they're like, as I come down on this angle with this position of the right. shaft, my wrist, I'm getting pain here. And I break out the anatomy. I go, here's how the structure is built. Mm. Here's what's supposed to happen. Here's what's now. Let's check your range of motion. So here's what's not happening. Here's what's happening. Great. Here's what's not happening. You don't have this motion, this motion, this motion. Let's figure out why you don't have that. Here's mm -hmm. the structures we're dealing with. Let's test these structures and see if look for stability, mobility, functionality to them. Mm -hmm. From there, I then can break down where they're either stuck, adhered, torn. So maybe issue. you do some of this depending. So for example, I have Yours a client. Yours is just post. But it, it, it depends. He just, I feel. he just made me change my mind a little bit when he okay. talked about. Because you may actually realize what you do until you actually go through it. Yeah, when he was talking about, yeah, the <laughs> I don't golfer. See that. Don't do it. Don't but, know. <laughs> but for example, I have a client who's a former gymnast. Yeah, uh, they she's, want to and know she's got hypermobility everywhere. Yeah. Right. So sometimes she'll come to me and she's like, I have this strange pain in my, you know, whatever, whatever, my my quad. Well, stop and scratching the back of your neck with your toes. Right? Like <laughs> but when she tells me stop about this strange spur. pain, sometimes I might refer back to, remember when we talked about right. the hypermobility in this joint? See? That could be causing you to do this while you're doing your morning run. And then, you know, right. I might go through it, but I might offer her, like, maybe this is why. So let's look at what you're doing when you're doing this run. This is what I used to do early in my massage career and I dropped it. And now hearing this talk, I'm like, I should have never dropped it. I always used to start off most of my therapy sessions with this. How much of the stuff do you want to know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I, I bring that up because if someone really is like, know if no? someone's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. Like, don't tell me anything. Then I don't. Then, then, then I'm not going to really go over the top. The minute you know somebody I mean? tells me their rotator cup hurts, I don't have to explain anatomy to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my rotator. What rotator, man? My, my rotator mug is fabulous. <laughs> right. <laughs> my rot my rotator flask but, has been feeling. But really I used sore. I used to start off a lot of a lot of my my, my therapy sessions with like okay like I, I'm happy to give you all the information yeah. you tell because I know for myself when I do certain things or see certain professionals sometimes I want to know all and the details along the way just don't and sometimes know. I don't want to know a fucking thing yeah. I don't care just fix it you're right just do whatever yeah. it is like 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 uh, the washing machine I wanted to know so so let me rephrase that is the first thing I ask everybody do you want education or do you want me just to 
assess and treat. Yeah. Because I don't want to bore you if you don't want to know. I'd love to tell you because I get off on it. But if not, because I get excited to explain this stuff. But if not, don't worry about it. So let me ask you guys another question since you teach ethics. Informed consent. Yep. There are three things that make consent valid. Mm -hmm. One, there's adequate information. Adequate. Cool. Two, the person receiving that information is capable of understanding the information. And three, the consent is voluntary. Correct. If I choose to not be informed, is my consent valid? You attempt to inform me and I say, you know what? I don't want to know. You have my permission. The first thing out of my mouth is, I just got to tell you where I'm going and what I'm doing so you know what I'm doing. And if, if you won't allow me to do that, I can't go forward. Hmm. Because I need you to know so you've got no surprise I'm, coming. But I'm choosing to not know. I, I don't so, need to explain and, the anatomy. And, and, and I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to work on your wrist. I'm working on your arm, and I'm but, working on that, but, and that's it. But taking, but, but taking away the informed part voluntarily with my competent mind, does that now strike informed consent to be not valid? Or is it still valid because I am competent, and it's a voluntary decision I'm making on the type of information that I'm receiving? No, yes. It's not valid. And I'm going to just talk through it anyway. I don't give people a choice with that, though. Forget your personal practices mm -hmm. from just a purely ethical standpoint. So, for example, I'm going to go get a vaccination from my doctor, right? If I ask about it, then they should really be able to inform me on everything, they right? They, they should inform me, Correct. especially if I ask about it. They should inform me regardless if I ask about it. But if they go to inform me and I say, listen, you know what? I'm, I'm giving you permission. You don't need to say anything else. This is why no matter what, I still will tell them where I'm going. I may not give them an education, but I'm still telling so them where I'm going. There's, and there's, I'm like, is that cool? There's a piece of information yeah. that you'll always put Always there, tell them Regardless where I'm going. of what someone's request I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. Do you want to know exactly or do you? is that okay with you? Oh, no, no, that's good. I don't need to know anymore. There's many medical procedures. Most medical procedures don't actually offer true informed consent. When it comes to what we do, like, for example, yes. um, you, I'm sure you guys both have it, but anytime I've ever brought up like the sensitive areas form to clients, there's many, I shouldn't say every time, but there's many clients who are like, literally will say to me, do whatever you want. Like, just make me better. Yeah. You know, they just want, yes. and yeah. I tell them, this is what we have to do. It's I have to, I, it's a requirement. Yeah. So I have to go through this with you. And I mean, they're all cool with it and they'll do whatever, yeah, yeah. but most clients just like like Mark's example, just say like, I don't care, do whatever you got to do, just make me better. Mm. But I still make sure with everything I'm doing. You so for example, to. today I had somebody on the table and um, most of my clients don't sleep. They talk my ear off usually. She's going through some serious shit right now. And I said to her, do you just want to shut off today? Like I can dim the lights. I can like, if you just want to shut off yeah, yeah. and I will say nothing to you. And she said, yeah. And so yes. we kind of went through things that I would normally ask her during the treatment before it even started because I knew she just wanted to right, shut right, off. Right, 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 right. There you are knowing your client, respecting what her goals, concerns, and preferences are, listening to your client and doing what you need to do before so you don't have to do it during. So when it comes down to consent and other medical anything where the practitioner doesn't give you the full information. 
I think they can get, well, I don't think you can get away with that because your consent in some of these scenarios would be considered implied. It would consent, be implied. Right? Yeah. Implied, you yeah. came here for an appointment yep. for this issue. And then this is the, this is the strategy or resolution that we want to put on this. Now, what most people don't understand is they can say no. That's yes. right. Amen. Most people don't get that. Right, we they get it with us because at the end we're saying we like, have is, to say it. is this something you want to do? Yes or no? Right. But most like, for and example, oh, by the way, during the treatment of any time, you can also exactly. withdraw consent, and we will stop. For example, you know how many times I've been in an emergency room, and I know like other people around me, they're just agitating, they want to leave, but they think they can't because they they were told they got to sit here until someone sees them, and they think the they're going to be arrested or something. Like, if they of course leave. you can. You could, a lot of people don't fucking realize you can just yeah. you you, you have the not right to give whatever true informed consent. Do you remember what happened? to me when our oldest child was five days old well so, if i say no i sound like a dick yeah but so that's okay. i'll say yeah i remember <laughs> so please remind me the details i have a five-day-old baby and i'm a first-time mother okay. okay i had a really really um what's what's the word i'm looking for uh normal boring uncomplicated pregnancy okay. labor and delivery like nice. literally just the easiest, breeziest, not an issue. I mean, I had like regular things like some sure, morning sure, sickness. Sure. Which and you're exhaustion, supposed to have. And but overall, yeah. it was all just unremarkable. Like everything just kind of happened the way it was supposed to happen. Like magical. And then now I've got this five-day-old baby. And, you know, all hell has broken loose because she's not eating well. She's screaming all the time. Like there's clearly something going on with her. We end up finding out that my body just hasn't caught up and I'm breastfeeding this baby and I'm not producing enough. Cool. Oh, so now okay. I've got stress like you wouldn't believe. And one day I turned to Mark's and this is when she was five days old. And I said, I think my blood pressure's through the roof. I've never had, at this point, I had never had high blood pressure. I didn't have any high blood pressure during my pregnancy, but you know, they are constantly, my midwives were constantly telling me the signs to look out for to know if my blood pressure was high. And I had all of them. And I said to him, can you check my blood pressure? I don't feel well. Like I had the frontal headache. I was getting dizziness. Like I was like, I think my blood pressure is really high right now. So he checks my blood pressure. It's through the fucking roof. So he calls our midwife. She's there within, I don't know, 30 minutes. Like it was fast. She checks me out and she's like, I need you to go to the ER right now. So she calls the hospital ahead of time in labor and delivery and she sends me there. So I get to the hospital, my blood pressure's through the roof. I've still got this screaming baby that I know isn't getting what she needs from me. Mm. And they have me sit in this room in triage and they're giving me, what were they giving me? Like aspirin or something? I don't even know. They're basically just giving me the, and they said, okay, take this and we'll come back and check you in X amount of hours. Yeah. Not like, like this has to kick in. So this has to kick in. So now we're sitting in this room. I haven't eaten. Like I already just told you, I'm not producing enough milk. I haven't eaten or drank anything in hours. And we're sitting in this tiny little room with a screaming baby under fluorescent lights. We're way, it's the middle of the night. And I say to one of the nurses, like, how is this helping me? Please tell me how you're helping me right now. Like, and so they ended up going to get like formula or something for the baby because she screamed. And I said, but I need to eat. I need to rest. Like, how am I supposed to take care of this baby? How I, I don't understand what's going on here. And they said, you have to wait for the doctor to come back. And I said, why? Like, yeah, why? We, we just left. You're not doing anything. You're giving me these pills saying, okay, is this working? No, it's not. Sit here for another couple hours and we'll test you again. I said, this is insane. 
I can check my blood pressure at home. If you're not going to help me, right, why, why am, am I, I here? here? And so then I said to the nurse, I'm like, I'm going to go home now. I need to go rest. And she said, you can't do that until you see the doctor. And I said, Fuck, says I who? Right. What What do you mean? I'm right. taking my baby and, and I'm going to go home and lay in my bed. Right. So I went home. I went to bed. I called my midwife the next morning really early. And she said, you did the right thing. Right. Like, what, what you were you doing for? for me? Why am I sitting here? Oh, ridiculous. So, yes, people don't realize people you don't can realize. just go home. Yeah. But that, if I, like, the reason I brought that up is I don't know if you remember that nurse was so stern with me. Yep. Like, you can't leave. The doctor hasn't been back to check you. And I was like, but what does she need to check? You're, che you're monitoring my blood pressure. It's still high. Whatever the fuck you did didn't, didn't do, anything. do anything. So I'm yeah. going to go home. My biggest thing is that someone else would have sat there and waited because and waited. They, they just they just don't know, don't know. they don't yeah. know there is a woman and so i shouldn't no 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 her pronouns are she they i can say that um sh there's a person on tiktok who is a hairstylist you've seen i've shown you the videos and she asks every person who gets is it okay chair, that I touch is you? it okay if i touch you and she's getting dragged on you know by some people on tiktok who are oh, saying like this on. is ridiculous if you go to get your hair cut like of course somebody's going to touch you and she says i just feel it's important to ask for consent and i was really pondering this one day and i thought how funny is that she's asking can i touch your hair which you've right. cut you've booked an appointment to get cut but yet i go to see my gynecologist there's not even a fucking warning <laughs> And no, they're if, right if in, in the there. Stirrups, and he's like, you know, Johnny Bench in the back, right? Let me check you out. Like it's like, wild. It's... <laughs> May I touch your hair? But, yes, go ahead. Right. But you know, you got to check out my lady parts. Just get thing, in there. When, when class, people cut that, that's the funniest thing. But here's the thing: when people class, do their videos to yeah. that, <laughs> how many teachers? Let me ask you a question: when, when a teacher was working with you guys in class, mm -hmm. how many times did the teacher ask permission to touch you? Never. Really? Never. They would say, well, I mean, I again, it was kind of implied, but I don't remember any teacher ever really going Every through consent. Every time I they show a say, technique who, on anyone. Who wants to be the demo body for this this treatment? Right. And somebody would get on the table, and then everyone would gather around. The and teacher would it. say, okay, so this is how we're going to do this. There was never like, let me once again get consent from the person who volunteered. So when I, when I used to do that, I would, I would ask for a volunteer, but then I would tell the volunteer like what we're going to be doing. Right. Well, yeah. So I would say like, hey, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing this. I'm going to have you in sideline. We're going to undrape your gluteals. If you're not cool with this, just let me know and we'll get somebody else. And then once we start going, then all the normal stuff that you would ask throughout. So yeah, maybe maybe they did that. Maybe they like made sure. I mean, the only time I really remember uh, consent being. I've been in classes when that doesn't happen. The first thing I say to someone when I pop on the table is, is this okay? I think the only time I remember consent being really like emphasized was when we learned breast massage. Mm. Oh yeah. See, see, and, and that is not really taught anymore. Breast massage. Really? Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll teach upper chest and inside, but, but it, 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 I make it very clear. If you're going to do breast massage, number one, go take a certification course on it. Because honestly, there's a whole aspect for pregnancy and breast massage that, we just don't teach in school properly, and and it's when you're dealing with cultural scenarios now compared to us. I mean, mm. when I went to school, we'd get into a robe, walk in the room with all our robes. Nobody's got underwear on underneath the robes. You'd walk back into class. All the guys would be in the robes, or girls would be in the robes. You hop on the table. Sheet goes off. The robe then gets taken off while you've got the sheet on, and you're 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 just bare underneath. And we just go to town. But there wasn't that. I've got people in class who 
don't feel comfortable taking off their clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't feel comfortable being touched by a man or a woman mm-hmm. due to cultural or religious reasons. We've got to be very cautious. If you want to do breast, now, as much as it's in the signed forms for breast massage, I tell the students, if you're going to do breast massage, you take a course on that. You get a certificate. It could be a weekend certification, but get one to prove for consent so no harm how, is done. How do you guys feel? And there's no right or wrong answer, obviously, especially with my questions. How do you guys feel about an, a, a massage therapy student that never wants to be touched? I don't want to go on the table. I don't want to remove my clothes. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. We've had a couple therapists Ooh. on here who have said they themselves don't like getting treated. Right. Um, I don't know or remember if they ever touched on how that worked in class. Um I think it's interesting, but I also feel like from talking to those therapists that you don't necessarily have to be a lover of massage therapy to love being a massage therapist. Right. So I agree. That's okay. Um, It sucks for whoever you partner with in school. Um, But hopefully, you know, the instructors can find a way to make sure it's equitable and everybody gets enough hands on time with a body. Mm But uh, yeah, like I don't think it necessarily would have to be a requirement or I, I don't think it should be a requirement that if you're going to massage school that you have to ever get on the table. Correct. I have someone who is not able to get undressed in front of anybody due to religious reasons. Okay, I get that. So when she gets therapy, they trade off. She still gets under the sheet so they can practice draping, but she doesn't take the clothes off. So now right. the therapist get a chance to work over the clothes to understand how to manipulate soft tissue over the clothes. I turn it into a positive. Mm. Yeah. Everybody now gets to learn a different way. Mm-hmm. She gets full respect. Everybody gets respect that this can happen. In this world we live in, you have to understand, anybody can walk through your door. Yeah, and I mean, we always learn that uh, undressed uh, to your level of comfort. So your level of comfort. I'm curious how you guys deal with that because it's going to happen. Yeah. So. When I was in massage school, um, there was a staff member at the school that I went to who liked to come get treatment and he preferred to come see me, which was totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said to me right off the bat, I will never remove my shirt. And I think part of it, part of it might have been cultural, but I think the main reason was that he was an employee at the school and that he didn't feel comfortable like having a student work on him. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I remember he would say to me like, like, how are you going to do this massage if I have a shirt on? And I was like, well, I'm going to have to figure that out, aren't I? Like at some point in my career, I may have to do that. event massage? Yeah. I'm going to have to figure that out. Isn't that either post, isn't that (laughs) post or pre-event massage? Both. Over the clothes? So I, yeah, I started treating this guy fairly regularly and he would always have I mean he would he would be courteous and take off his tie that made things a little easier but otherwise <laughs> <laughs> otherwise who I would to work be over choked, shirt. right who wants to be choked <laughs> listen I, I trained for many years over the clothes and it's just you learn how to truly hone in on your skills yeah right you can't just get away with long strokes and lots of lotion you just got to really now hone in on the skill how do i manipulate tissue just out of curiosity does does the educational institution that you work at have written policies about that type of thing in the massage therapy program or is it what just, do you mean it's just every thing. instructor that flies by the seat of their pants no we have to follow by curriculum right and then they have a specific policy on what you need to ensure the students get like they're they're all the uh, slideshows, right, right, right. All this stuff, but you're there's, doing. there's, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no policy on 
how to deal with a student that doesn't want to participate in full capacity. No. Interesting. There probably should be some sort of policy on that. Here's, but this, here's the this, problem. This way. They're, they're, it's college. Yes. They're adults. No, 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 no. I'm not they say, pay money. I'm not, they I'm still not, don't want to. I'm not saying that there should be a policy that says that they have to participate. Right. I'm saying that maybe there should be a policy. That way every instructor deals with this very Same. similarly. Right. Okay. Right? I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So whether that is, hey, that's fully fine. I just don't fine, think a lot of colleges realize that happens because it may not happen very often. Yeah. And then it's up to the individual teacher sort well, of how to that's, deal with it. And because it doesn't happen often, it's hard to put it into play. But yeah. That's sure. the idea with having all these policies, right? or having any policy that you would have at, at, at a workplace is this is how we're going to deal with the scenario when it arises. It may yeah. never arise, but if it does, at least this is the agreed upon way that we're sure. going to deal with it. Sure. Interesting. I don't know. I just try and turn it into a positive. That's good. Right. That's good. You guys are nuts. Yeah, man. Who's nuts? <laughs> we got deep on shit, eh? Did we got, yeah, good. we got all ethical with the informed consent and all that bullshit. But that's okay. But you know what? That's that's what we're you doing now. Anyways, isn't, isn't it's March 1st, right? We have we have oh, no. three things coming up. We got to read again. Risk, uh, is it risk assessment? Practice profile. Practice open profile today. is open today. I'm inactive. I still do them, but I'm inactive. I don't. I have how to are do you? Them. And okay. and we're the crazy ones. That, because right. I do them. No, you just called us crazy, and you do your practice profile just because. Because I, I I he likes I, to say I, sharp. I want yeah. it. I want to feel accomplished. I thought we talked right. about. That. <laughs> Hello, right, right. I know. Oh, yeah, I, I know my, why I, you do that it's, because it's you can go through this shit with your freaking eyes closed. So I did my pro practice profile perfect. last year. I got snapped to go for the first first assessment. Assessment. Yep. And after the first assessment, she's just like, "Man, I wish you were my teacher." <laughs> <laughs> there is. She's like, "We should come to your college to see how you do this because it's a great way on how you teach." Like quite a compliment. Was your was like, your assessment virtual? Yes. And did they record video recording of it? Yes. Really? I think so. You think so? I offered them if they want to record it, they could. I had nothing to worry about. I had no, nothing no, to I'm hide. I was just like, hey, I want to go through this. I actually said to her, she says, you know, are you worried about this? I'm like, no, no, no. I bring it on because now I can explain to the students what this next process the is. Reason, not everybody the reason why I it. ask is uh, I got peer assessed on the tail end of COVID. Was it the tail end of COVID? Oh, right. Yeah, because you and I were both supposed to have a peer assessment in 2020 and then it had to get right. pushed because so of was COVID. Was this so your we... first ever peer assessment? No, no, no. no. Second. This, is like third? This, is, this is my second. So no, this I, is my third. I got peer, I've been practicing, this is, this is almost 20 years that I'm an RMT. Right. My first two months of practice yeah right i was peer assessed yeah and then i hadn't been peer assessed until that it time was 2021 that I, 2021 okay. okay so now they're doing these peer assessments but this is before they've revamped the quality assurance program right. completely and changed the standards right. and all the rest of it and we're doing it over some sort of communication platform zoom it wasn't zoom it wasn't zoom. it was, yeah. it was, it was whatever those things teams yeah. or something something, something, something like, that. like that right and so the peer assessor is just asking all their questions yep. and feverishly typing my answers. Right. Cool. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, why is this just not recorded? Like you should sure. still type feverishly your answers, right. but this should also be recorded. Sure. Because now at the end of the day, I'm relying as the person being assessed on your ability to accurately document what I'm saying here. Right. And when I got my peer assessment back... I was fine with it. That year they had 420 something people go through a peer assessment and there were only, I think like either 27 or 33 that had zero action taken against them. Everyone right. else had some sort of, sort of action, right. some sort of something wrong where they had to do something. 
I was one of those 27 or 33 people that didn't have any action. But when I got my peer assessment report back, I looked at this and I'm like, this is really fucking different and skinny than some of the things yep. that I was saying. Amen, I'm like, right? so that peer assessor's ability to accurately document my answers to your questions was seriously lacking. Why would that not have just been recorded in that I th- way? I think it, it was recorded sense. because I got nothing back. Just a thank you for taking part, da 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 and that was it. And then and then when I looked on CMTO and went through that whole thing, excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, they right. give you a report on CMTO. Maybe they've changed things around then right? when yeah. they record these things. But they go through a ton of questions, and if you really can't answer them, you'll go to that next level. Then they want to come in and take a look at your clinic. Absolutely. Yeah. Because these are things that you right. should have working knowledge of at all, all at times. At all times. At all times. Right. This is much better than a random peer assessment. I like the idea of this practice profile quiz thing. And if you and if you kind of don't perform what they want you to perform at, then they'll come take a look. I'd rather that than why are you blowing all this time right. and all this all, all, this, no all, all these resources on people that might not need any of this that might at not all. Need it, just yeah. to pick them out randomly. That's that's yeah, that's silly. To, that's to, a waste. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you guys think of the um, uh, the the College of Massage Therapists of Ontario's take on massage therapists over collecting personal health information. Mm. And hence, they have gotten rid of the health history form that they used to have a sample of on their website. They got rid of it right. because they want to be less prescriptive about the information that you're gathering. And they say, use your therapeutic judgment. But then they're also saying, we, over, we are all over collecting. And they go on to say, that majority of healthcare colleges we believe are over collecting. I went to I went to one of the CMTO open houses and this was one of the presentations. And so I asked the question to our registrar CEO and I, I, I was like, is this something that is going on with all of the colleges? Like or just com- us. comparable colleges? And if it's if this is something that happens with all the comparable colleges, like why is it that you guys are deciding this now? And is this in collaboration with other colleges and blah, 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 blah. The answer I got was just really just kind of nothing. It was like, oh, well, generally all the other colleges over collect. I don't know what they're doing, but this is what we're doing. And so I asked about the health history form. I said, yeah, I see you've taken one. I've, you've taken it down. And, you know, the whole idea is because we, we don't want you to have this thing that you feel you have to get all this information on. So I asked, is there any plan to produce a revised form maybe? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't have any of those plans in the works. We are we're thinking about getting a working group together to kind of make decisions on some of these things. And so my next question is then, okay, do you have a deadline, a hard deadline on creating a working group to work on this? And then who makes up this working group? And I got zero answers. I got, well, we haven't gone that far ahead yet. And I feel like in in perfect CMTO fashion. Making decisions <laughs> before you've made decisions? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's strange to me, right? Yeah. Or not even having an answer to this. You want to pull down the health history form and say, I, we don't I, want to I'm sorry. This, then tell us. We're I not will always use one. a health history form. Well, you have to, according to legislation, collect health information. Now, the, what, what types of health information is, there's only certain things in the legislation that says you have to collect this and you have to collect that. And that's the idea, that there's all this stuff on the previous form that... No one says you have to collect this, and everyone feels because it's a form that's produced on the college website. This is something we have to use. So the college is actually just following the legislation, right? But you know, RMTs—they're like, someone tell me what to do, and the college is like, 
make up your own mind. Use your own therapeutic judgment. But not everybody has then, good the, therapeutic judgment. But then they'll turn around and say, but you can't do this, you can't do that. So immediately they said in October, we want all RMTs to remove any information about HIV on the form. Cool? But in the same sentence, they'll say, use your therapeutic judgment and collect whatever information you want to. But how do I do a proper risk assessment if I don't know 100% what infections they have? What if I need to wear gloves? According according to them, um, and and but and, but it's a health and risk what, assessment and whatever though. research that they've done, and she's, st- keeping, and, her, she's keeping her opinions quiet. And, and and studies that that they will refer to, right? They will come back at you and say that information is probably irrelevant. Okay, I can, I can understand maybe maybe pertaining to certain clinics or so certain. But I but just think but it's my all my weirdest thing is you're telling us to use your own therapeutic judgment. But then in the same sentence, you're saying, do this or don't do that. I'm like, well, then what is this whole use my therapeutic judgment thing for? I always thought that the health history form that was there was really more supposed to be a very general basic template or guideline. Majority of therapists that I knew were creating their own anyhow. Mm. So I think having something there to give people an idea, exactly, to be relevant to their practice, but having something there to give an idea of like, this is generally, or at least showing the bare minimum that should be on a health history. If, If the CMTO's job is protection of the public, then and protect the public. Show us at a bare minimum right. what we health information we need to have and from people. I think they don't want to do that because they feel like if we do publish something, there's going to be a massive handful of people that think this has to be used. This has to be done this way. Even though they can say over and over and over, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. But then they produce a document and everyone, not everyone, but there's a large majority of people that jump on and say, this is something I have to do. You see the confusion all the time about, there's a about lot of nothingness. Yeah. So imagine about something. Right? What if the association took that upon themselves? What if the association created a template for people to use well, if they wanted to. Isn't that kind to. of what maybe association kind of... Well, they should. Should do? They should recognize, hey, the college pulled theirs down. Let's put one up. There's a lot of members that are confused by the information that they should be collecting then or samples of things that they should be collecting. Maybe the RMTAO should say, okay, we'll produce six variations of or a even, Or form. even not variations or even not a template. Produce an article like they do all the time, giving information about what is important health information yeah. to well, collect. Well, let's even start with the information that is mandatory to mandatory, collect. Mandatory, yes. So for example, a doctor's name and address, that's mandatory, that's mandatory. to collect, yeah. right? Stuff like that. But the legislation is very clear on the what information need. that yeah. needs to be in a patient file, yeah. like the patient's name, the patient's address, their 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 past history with massage therapy, their association with uh, other regulated healthcare professionals. Yeah, are they getting has, any other treatment? That, that stuff that, that stuff has to yeah. be collected according to the Massage Therapy Act. So they call it should at least produce that because they know very well no What's one's mandatory. going no yeah. one's going to the Massage Therapy Act, right? right? Any which way, what do I know? It's my line. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I just show up. This was an interesting. Show up, this was right? an interesting talk. We went all over the map. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All over the map. Kids don't even know maps anymore. Oh God. Just GPS. Just as GPS. Jesus Christ. Con- <laughs> Connor posted something. Uh, he posted in his Instagram story. Remember the days when we used to print out like 
all of the Google Map. No, MapQuest. Oh MapQuest. 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 Directions. Never mind MapQuest. <laughs> I lived off of Pearly's. Oh. Uh, Pearly's. I'm, I'm MapQuest old. Yes. You guys are Pearly's old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm per- we're not even Pearly's old. We're stop off at the gas station, get this big fucking yep. thing that you then fold you go to the 1,200 side, times. And you, you look for the street name, and, and it says the, 5A. And then you go like, to the box that's 5A, and, and you, you look got, all over the place to try to find the street. <laughs> it's 5AB. Oh, come on. And then you get the right. highlighter out to draw in your room. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was Those in sales, the and for the pearlies, I would just mark off every street that highlighted. Okay, uh. hit this one already. Where else in my territory I got to go? Oh, there yeah. was another another meme that was going around that was like, you want to disable an entire generation, write everything in cursive and take away GPS. Uh, <laughs> give them a rotary phone. They're fucked. It's Dial so- your grandmother. <laughs> give them a rotary phone. This is how I know I'm old. I saw this Instagram. It was a TikTok or something. And it, this one, it's like a, a Gen Z and like a Gen X or something. And, and there's a door in between them? Yes, yeah. yes. And it's like, there's show me how them. you take a picture, right? Show me how you roll down a window. Show me the how Gen you do X's this. So Gen rolling. X's are rolling down windows <laughs> like this. And right? Gen Z's are like pressing the button. Show me, how, show me how you take a picture. The little kid puts up their hand like this and presses the button on their phone. And the old guy's like, do this. <laughs> right? Show me how you answer the phone. The yeah. Gen Xers are like doing the, you know, the pinky and, and the, the thumb. Kid's doing this. The yeah. little kid is holding their entire hand the pen, up to their yeah, ear. It's and so it different. trips me the fuck out. It really does. Because so I don't feel fucking old. No. It's only when I see shit like that but that I realize I'm not 25. Here's how old I know I am. I am is I used to have to walk over to my black and white TV <laughs> and turn click, the dial click, to the click, one click. of three channels we got even with cable. Oh yeah. Then we transferred to this oh, wait, box that's on. attached you're, to you're a not, wire. You're not even finished with yet. Three level. You're not even finished <laughs> yet. When you click the channels, if it's not tuned in properly it's still fuzzy you got to take that knob that and push knob it and in it. and twist it <laughs> wait, like you're tuning wait. in like an old school radio remember, remember this wait, hold on <laughs> there it is we got it <laughs> sorry oh the struggles that the rabbit means. ears so that's turn it to the left a little more a little more there it is we got, so what we did got i see game. recently if you were born <laughs> if you're a gen x so if you were born in the 70s what is it you've lived through um five decades like yeah. Two millennia, two centuries. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. There was all it's these crazy. different things, and it's like, and you're not even fifty. Like it right? was, it was wild. It's it's crazy. Getting old <laughs> is fun. Getting old is fun. I saw a forty four year old uh, woman who made a video talking about things she wished she knew at thirty five instead of forty five or something like that. And one of the things was she's like, getting old is cool. Like when you're in your 30s, you're like fearful of being in your sure, 40s until sure. you're in your 40s and you're like, this is so much better than when I was in my 30s. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Getting hey, old hey, is cool. I got three more years till this this old age kicks <laughs> in. Of, it's not 65 anymore. I think they moved it to 55. I can now get money from the government. What? I'm like three years later. I'm like, all right. Don't tell Mark that. He's going to be 50 <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah, <I'm waiting> <laughs> the, 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 I don't have any of those. I wish I knew. Except for one, and you what's know, what's the one? It's my eyesight. Oh yeah, I wish the eyesight I knew, makes them crazy. I wish someone told me that when I get to be mid forties, my close vision would deteriorate rapidly. It does. It's crazy. That I I was it's not ex- I was not expecting it to happen as fast. Like one day I have to read. It, I'm doing this. Yes, now. it's like one yeah. day I came home, and then my 
dinner on my plate right in Didn't front of look me the same. was blurry. That's I, I thought that he was like grossed out by my cooking. No, He's no, like no. backing up to try, at least <laughs> try you to cook. see his food. At least you cook. I'd still be right? happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and when I know I'm going to read shit, contacts out, glasses in so I can do exactly what you did. Take the glasses off and pull it as close as I right? need. I suggested right? to him, like genuinely trying to help. I no. suggested to him a few weeks ago. No. I'm like, just Buy the damn magnifiers. No. And this is yeah. No, no. You, you guys buy. are still in Look, the denial. I have I have the two different like the buy not the buy the, the whatever blended focus. Yeah, gave me a headache. Drives me freaking. I can't wait to buy new glasses because I'm gonna have regular glasses because my vision did get a little worse. Yeah, and I'm not buying reading glasses. I'm just gonna bring it here. Yep, and phone I can open up bigger. Mm. The Thank only you. my only Forget I it. wish I knew. Although I think you know it's, it's not even a, a wish because. It just happens. Had I, I had I known that honestly, the things that I now recognize don't matter. Like had I known when I was Earlier younger, like it really matter. doesn't fucking yeah. matter. Like the amount of time that I wasted stressing about shit that like doesn't matter at all is like what is interesting to think about now. I don't know. Like even when you brought up the mistakes, like that was like a mm. serious stress for me. Like I literally lived my life as like, I don't want is it, to make mistakes. Is it this scenario like in Schitt's Creek when the mother is mad as hell because there's not a naked photo of her on the internet? Anywhere. And she was like, yeah. and she was like, I wish I was able to see my body that I hated when I was in my early days. This 20s or right? 30s. I, would, I dream now. for that body now. And so, I should have never hated yes. myself so much on my body. At my 40th then. birthday party, I was standing with my my cousin who I'm extremely close with we're only nine months apart and we were laughing about that because her and I have grown up together and she's always been incredibly insecure about her body and we were going through old photos because I made all these collages for you know celebrating four decades and I made all these collages and there was one photo of us and she goes holy fuck I was skinny and I was like do you remember how fat you thought you were and then she's and then you know lately the biggest insecurity for her has been she feels that she, her skin is starting to look old right like she's going to be 41 and she's like oh my goodness I maybe I need to look into Botox and I said think about what you're saying right now and she goes I know I need to actually take lots of pictures of this face because <laughs> in 10 years I'm going to be like look at how beautiful my skin was like all the things you don't appreciate for me it was more so like the way my body functioned uh, only maybe five six years ago the stuff that I could do like going to my yoga classes there's certain like yoga poses I try to do now because I kind of like fell off during the pandemic and never really got back into it there's certain yoga poses I try to do now and I'm like this is fucking torture but like six years ago I could do it with not even breaking that's one sweat. reason why I got this fucking volleyball I used to play volleyball all the time and then I injured my back and I just stopped and the other day I was like that's a skill that I just don't want to lose because I really enjoy playing volleyball. I was good at it. I'm like, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to lose that skill. Yeah. So I fucking went and bought a volleyball the other day. And ever since I've been fucking playing with it, just cause I'm like, what the fuck? I, this is cause I don't feel physically like it, it is a limitation here. So why would I ever let one creep in? I will still request that you stop doing that while we're laying in bed. It's, I'm fearful I'm, for my safe. face. I'm good, man. I've got control. <laughs> He's just like, I mean, I trust him a lot, but I'm I'm really scared for my oh, face. I can put that wherever I wanted to with no <laughs> rotation too. It's on my, I, we're know, literally, I, I mean, know what I'm doing. We here. have a king size bed, so there's some space between no, 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 us, I but we're it. laying in bed. I'm trying to like just watch my trashy Netflix TV and he's beside me with the volleyball and I'm like, 
That's very hyper. I'm like, that's going to come right at my face. Oh, I'm scared. Very scared. Please cut it out. But as I want to, I want to end it on one more thing that I like wish I would have, um, realized when I was younger, I've never been a person to follow trends my entire life. Um, I've always been somebody that like I dress for the way that I feel comfortable, the way I want to. Um, I used to actually say to Mark, I'm like, this is honestly a skill of mine. I always feel like I've had the ability to find clothes that just like make sense for me. He once said to me, um, or I think I might've said to him, like, how would you describe my personal style? This was years ago. And he gave me some description. I said, that's exactly what I'm going for. So mm. I'm good at this. Mm. So anyway, I've never, fit with fits. I've never followed trends. <laughs> I just buy stuff that I like. Right. But this has been really, really eye opening to me the last little while, like being on social media and seeing all the young people. I actually, for the first time in my life, don't even know what is in style like when oh, yeah. i was younger although i didn't follow trends yeah i trendy. knew what was trendy sure. now i'm like i i don't even know like that's what, why i don't even what wear is anything cool but my like, uniform I don't, every day i don't know and that's it. if i'm not wearing my scrub at work i'm wearing my scrub for home i'm just i'm just wearing the same stuff oh, it's easy for me concussion adhd i'm a guy i don't have cl- i don't have style i got class just no style when it comes to appearance <laughs> for me it's 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 it, i just go with whatever i feel like doing what fits which what is works. which is really interesting because the very first point of that video that i showed you about about commanding respect yeah is upgrade your thin slice Up- upgrade your thin slice yep. upgrade your thin slice you dress one step higher than what the occasion calls for but and i did tell you i do and i do 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 that you you do and you do okay so let me i i'm gonna try to make sense of this mark has the ability to this is gonna sound so cheesy but it's really true and people will back me up on this mark has the ability to make something look cool like it's you're not necessarily buying a $300 shirt, but you could put on an $8 old Navy t-shirt and like accessorize it in a certain way. And the way, like the swag you bring to the whole look, people look at you and they feel like, wow, that guy's like, that guy looks good. Cause yeah. Okay. There's a couple things. One, I call this the kid rock rule. I love the kid rock. Kid rock to me looks like he'll just show up wherever he wants to show Amen. up wearing whatever he wants to right. fucking wear right right you can roll into the to the most expensive restaurant ever and kid rock is going to roll in jeans a wife beater and a cowboy hat sure and no one is going to say excuse me mr rock you can't come in here tonight correct right they're going to escort him to the best table that there Amen. is so i kind of go by the kid rock roll i sure. kind of think i know where she was talking about this we had a friend she had a wedding in the summer, I wasn't specifically okay. talking about that event. There was a wedding. But th- even this- your friend's wedding that we went to a few summers earlier, you did the same thing. Everyone's wearing suit and ties, and you wore a t-shirt, a vest, a scarf, and a Kangol hat. And everybody, everybody, every dude approached him and said, "You look good." I just went Kid Rock roll. I'm like, eh, eh, fuck Kid Rock. He would just wear whatever he wants to wear, and he'd just go to this wedding. And I'm like, I'm just gonna wear what I fucking feel like wearing, and I'm gonna go to this wedding. Yeah. So I didn't up, I didn't, I didn't up my thin slice. I wasn't one up above. But what I, was called I think for. you did though, because it's I, not I like rarely you, do though. But it's not like you went out you in your everyday you do, attire. But you probably do. No, most places I don't, I don't up my thin slice at all. But I'm saying you didn't go out in, wear the same in what was your everyday attire. Days. Yes, like yes, you yes, did, yes. you did at least 
make an effort. You made an effort to look (laughs) good for the occasion. (laughs) And because you added your own flair to it, I would argue that is upping your thin slice because you drew attention to yourself. People noticed what you were wearing. Well, the true definition of upgrading your thin slice is one above the called for the, the the acceptable attire for I that. don't know. I, I think you did it. But yes, anyway, when he showed me that, he said, do you do this? I said, that is one thing I actually do. I don't show up to an event that, like if I'm not sure if it's like formal or not, I will go more formal. Like I don't show up to an event underdressed. I enjoy ever, the underdress. Ever. I underdress, but I, that's also, that's just part of my personality to underdress. And then it's also, it also part of my personality, like I just want to fly under the radar and I also want to create a low expectation because I don't want to have to deliver if I don't feel Absolutely. like delivering. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to be center anymore of attention. I don't want to be the funny guy in the room. If I say something funny, great. But there should be never be, an, when I get into a scenario, I don't ever want to be the expectation of you got to be. Mm. I'm just going to step in and do my thing. And if you find me funny, great. And if you don't, well, don't worry about it. There's always somebody else. Well, I'll end it here. Mark didn't even wear a suit and tie to our wedding, but he did wear a motorcycle chain as a bracelet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I will say when I put on a tux, it is very. I, I, I believe it. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. like James Bond. I feel like a little kid that's being forced to go to church. (laughs) When I put on a tux, and I'm not going to say it the same aspects, but you get the same look-ish aspect, I feel like The Rock. Mm. Cool, man. I look like The Rock, because I've got the tapered legs, Mm. broad legs, broad upper body, a little tapered down. So when I get into a tux or when I get into a nice suit aspect, my wife just goes, hmm, can't you wear that more often? (laughs) Do you always have to wear the scrubs? Every day, <laughs> I sure do, dear, because that's just uh, you're not here for my clothes, you're here for my hands and my skill and my knowledge, right? Uh, like, clients don't come over because Sandy dresses nice, Sandy's in a scrubs. Okay, we're coming there to get therapy. Can you please right? do all of your treatments in a suit and tie? Thank you. Hey, I did at one point in time, I used to wear, I worked in a building where the physio wanted business casual comes in to be business casual because you worked in a building with business people and every day i went to work in my golf pants dress shoes dress shirt golf socks of course right (laughs) but dress button a short sleeve buttoned up dress shirt tie with a clip yeah and i'll tell you it actually does make a difference on the clientele now i see athletes i can dress athletic still professional with the scrub top but athletic, mm. right? So comfortable pants, underarm pants, underarm shoes, right? Golf socks or if I'm in my room or whatever, they expect that kind of, they don't expect me to wear a shirt and tie because mm-hmm. it's not business, it's assessment treatment. Right. Makes sense. I mean, I wore a Ninja Turtles t-shirt to work the other day. Follow yeah. me for more fashion tips. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. On that note, we call it, uh, uh, yeah. Teenager. Thanks for coming by, man. This is good. I love it. Kid Friday come by again. We got some video. I, I'll share my video stuff that I want to do with you later. Sweet. Sounds but good. But there's uh, a whole golf scenario that you can uh, assessment wise that you can you can use for your massage media stuff. Sweet. Right yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace. <laughs>